Welcome to Campbell and Cohen's Kooky Quarantine. I'm Seamus Campbell. I'm Ben Cohen. And so we're doing something a little bit different right today. Ben, do you care to explain this sure, crazy idea sure. you came up with on Wednesday? So I think most of the people who have been stuck at home for the last several weeks have, if not themselves, found themselves having a lot more fun in the kitchen. At least no way too many people who are talking on social media that they are. This has had the unintended consequence of turning iron chefs of all of us. I thought it might be a little bit fun for us to reach out to some of our friends who have been doing the same and allow them to just discuss what they've been doing, what their favorite dishes have been, what's been fun about them. And, you know, if it's not helped them maintain their sanity while they've been stuck at home, how it's at least helped them slip into madness in a tastier way. Yeah, so first up, we have our friend Charles Myers. Uh, Charles, how you been doing, my friend? Uh, slipping into madness is an accurate way to describe being uh, stuck at home with your one-year-old. Um, he's a little tyrant, and he's hanging out with his mom upstairs because although he normally helps me cook this one, um, it's a little bit much to record a podcast while watching a one-year-old while cooking. Seems like a recipe for hands burned on a hot stove. I think Babies of the uh, the Quarantine is a special episode that we're going to need to record later, but not today. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sober. I'm, I'm too sober for that episode. Um, there was a great Freudian slip there about how not sober you will be when we do do that one. Oh, oh, I mean, it's not a slip. I'm... <laughs> He's in that like very special phase of where you're recovering from the night before, you're still drunk, but you haven't started for it today. Yeah. So on the subject of food that's great when you're still a little bit drunk, I'm going to be making uh, shakshuka um, with a couple of recipe substitutions because this is quarantine after all. I'm out of regular tomatoes, which means we're going to be using these uh, little chopped up cherry tomatoes they still have the same moisture content. So theoretically this should work, but if it screws up, it's gonna screw up live on the air, which is my favorite way to screw up. Um, shakshuka is a traditional North African dish consisting of onions, which I've just put on and which you can hear. Uh, peppers. Oh, trust me, we're hearing the sizzling. That is quite oh, yeah. a sound. Yeah, I, uh, I heated my skillet a little much in the beginning, but it should be fine. So first we're gonna saute the onions. And when you're sauteing the onions, you put in your cumin. Your, um, you can either use seeds or ground cumin, about a tablespoon. Um, and you really want the, the cumin and the paprika to toast with uh, the rest of your onions and everything else to form the base of your dish. Now, all of this uh, is going into a bath, of, well, not quite a bath, but a, a very generous distribution of olive oil, which Actually, because my skillet was going for a little too long, not quite generous enough, so we're just gonna add another little bit there. Um, and so this is, this is the base of your dish, and you wanna get the moisture, everything that you add here 
is to add moisture to your dish. Um, because eventually, and the tomatoes especially, what you're going to do is you're going to create little well indentations and you're going to poach these eggs in those indentations on top of everything else while it's covered. And you know, I think, uh, I, think I am gonna add just a little more olive oil here because I like olive oil. And also because um, my, my poor wife, uh, Eva, she, um, she left, uh, she turned the wrong burner on yesterday and I smelled something burning. And it turned out to be the layer of seasoning I've built up on this cast iron skillet. Uh, she meant to turn the back burner on, she turned the front burner on, um, and uh, instead of having rice, she had very wet rice, and I had to re-season this bad boy last night to make sure that uh, I could actually cook this dish. Yet uh, another victim of the coronavirus. Yeah, yeah, I mean, she, uh, we, we had, we had a, a, a death in the family, not related, um, yesterday, uh, her grandfather uh, passed away, unfortunately, um, after a long battle with Alzheimer's. Uh, so, uh, our deepest condolences. Yeah. I'm sure all of the listening community sends their thoughts and prayers to you. Thanks. You know, Bill. Bill was amazing, an absolutely amazing human being. Um, although I only got to know him in the twilight of his life, I, I strongly encourage anyone who has uh, stimulus money that they don't know what to do with to consider uh, a donation to the Alzheimer's Association um, with some of it. Uh, it's a charity that does great work. Um, and, you know, um, they, the work that they do means a lot to our family. So if you are able to, um, I'd appreciate it. Um, well, you'll be happy to know my father is a monthly donor. I'm a infrequent donor, but I'll definitely be making donation uh, today. Thank, thank you, Seamus. Uh, thank you to anyone who does who's listening. Um, okay, so now we have our diced garlic. Um, he said, awkwardly changing the subject. Do it. Uh, back to cooking. Um, <clears throat> And you've done a little pratfall with it just to really cement the change. Yeah. Um, so the onions, uh, and I'm just going to move my laptop and show you all what I'm seeing. So the onions look like this more or less right now. And so they're most of the way there. Um, you know, still Describe what this is for the listeners. Cause this is going to be an audio thing. Oh, this is an audio thing. Okay, yeah. great. Okay. So you want the onions to like the onions are going to, you, you can see the onions absorb your cumin. And as you can hear my, uh, my coworker upstairs is uh, upset that it is second breakfast time, but he is being forced to eat it up there instead of down here. Um, monster. Yeah. It's second breakfast. Your coworker is a hobbit. Uh, well, they're, I, he's actually a little shorter than Hobbits, but uh, he does eat first breakfast, second breakfast, elevensies, and all of the other meals. Uh, for, for those of you with toddlers, you'll understand. So the um, the onions, they're going to 
Some of them will start to turn translucent. Some of them are going to be in that intermediary stage, but you want to get them about halfway before you start adding other ingredients. So I'm adding uh, a very generous uh, portion of diced garlic that I diced ahead of time. Um, and you, you want to dice it and not crush it. Uh, I, I hate I hate crushed garlic. You don't get you don't get the same flavor profile. You don't get the same texture in the finished meal. And this garlic is going to infuse with both the spices and it's going to start to melt a little bit because I've got most of it pretty thin. So now that we've added the garlic, we add the diced red peppers. Now you can use red, green, although try not to use green, um, just for aesthetic reasons if nothing else. Uh, you're going to want to cook the red peppers until they're soft. Um, Wait, so hold on a second. So we're saying that green peppers are, are you racist against green peppers? Is that what you're telling us? Yes, I am. And also I, and I don't know whether this is just me or not me. I've always felt that they have like a, a slightly different flavor profile than the other bell peppers. And I don't like it in this dish. So I'll just say hate has no taste. That being said, I don't know if I've ever really thought about the difference between the different colored bell peppers. I'm sure it's there. I've mostly been using green ones, but that's because I've just been able to find them more easily. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I, I just, I've always kind of felt that they have a slightly different flavor profile. Maybe I, I, maybe I see the color and taste the color like I'm like four or something again. I have no idea. Um, that's also- There is a lot, there is science back that the site does it influence your, the taste. Uh, that said also, I have that red peppers are a little bit sweeter, but- yeah. Uh, great. Are you a robot, Seamus? Robots don't know how food works. Jeez, Ben, don't out his secret to the whole world. It's his to tell. We have enough going on. We don't need the robot uprising. Yeah, well. So I mean, how long have you been making this dish, Charles? What? Um, how long have you been making this? I mean, I mean, not like this particular session of it, but when did you first start? Uh, this was actually a, a quarantine thing for me. Uh, <laughs> I'd always wanted to. But there's a lot of chopping, a lot of chopping. And uh, I hadn't really felt motivated, but my, uh, my one-year-old likes to stand uh, on the other side of the stove and watch me dice things. So I, I decided to entertain him and make it for myself. And it's actually delicious. It's a it is a perfect hangover food if, if, you know, you don't cut your fingers off. Um, so we're coming up on the peppers getting soft. Um, we're not quite there yet, but we're going to be there soon. So there are a couple other spices. Um, now, I cheated a little bit. I used a harissa mix. Oh, there are two Seamuses on the chat now. Interesting. I know. It's uncanny. Um, so I cheated. I used a little bit of uh, pre-mixed harissa, 
um, which is some of the spices I've already added, plus a few more. Um, and I didn't really like the heat profile of that very much. It's not, the, the pre-mixed one is not hot enough for me. So because I'm a little bit of a psychopath, I have some ground habanero. Uh, and I added a pinch of that. Now, when your peppers start getting soft, you're going to start seeing some liquid beginning to pool in your cast iron skillet. And that's good. You, you want that liquid because when you crack your eggs and cover it, the liquid is going to evaporate to the top and steam poach the eggs in the little wells that you make. Um, so I'm just going to add my ground coriander. Uh, and you don't have to worry too much about making this too spicy because if there's one truth in the culinary universe, it's that hot pepper plays really well with eggs. Um, I don't know why that is, but it's delicious. And you will, you will not regret giving your dish a little bit of heat. Are you the type of person that puts hot sauce on your eggs just when you make other kinds? Uh, you know, I don't like the texture that the sauce creates with the eggs. Um, so usually no, but I will add a little pinch of habanero or something else if I'm scrambling the eggs. Um, and I make, I make omelets with jalapenos all the time. Ordinarily when I make this dish, um, I'll do something, uh, well, what I've been making this dish over the past month, which is every couple days, because it's a great go-to breakfast. Um, now it's time to add the tomatoes. Um, ordinarily, uh, I will, sorry, I lost my train of thought there. Um, what was the question? <laughs> you know, my question was just, when you make eggs, do you like to put hot sauce on them? You were oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, so like, Ordinarily, when I make but this dish... You will not be the yeah. first guest who has lost their train of thought on uh, this podcast. Just don't yeah. go to the coroner. Yeah. So, um, ordinarily, when I make this one, uh, which is, you know, every other day for the past month, I will um, dice up a jalapeno, seeds and all. But I ran out of jalapenos yesterday, day before yesterday, because I made... Uh, I, I diced up my last one for some heat with uh, an anchovy and garlic uh, pasta sauce that uh, I wanted to make. Um, and the last thing I'm going to be doing is I have these little pearl onions that I haven't thought of a I hadn't thought of a use for, and some of them were starting to sprout. So theoretically, the uh, the process of reducing the tomatoes in here, plus the heat, should actually nicely steam these, um, I hope. And if it doesn't, then it doesn't. Uh, it, was a, it was a good thought and it died doing the right thing or something. Um, so now I have to find a lid suitable for this skillet, which I inherited, um, literally, uh, 
from a deceased family friend. Um, and uh, we're just going to leave that there for uh, the tomatoes to break down and release their water for a couple minutes. As somebody who despises tomatoes mostly for their texture because it is gross, how much of a breakdown do they undergo when you're cooking this? Well, if you use normal sized tomatoes, uh, pretty substantial, like they're reduced to basically just their liquid um, with little bits. And it, it, it just depends on how long you leave them on. Uh, the longer you leave it on, the more the tomatoes break down. Um, and you, you want them to release their, you want them to release as much liquid as possible because that's going to form the base of what you poach the eggs in. Um, that's, that's what poaches the eggs actually. And since uh, I have that all going now, I am going to dice Ben, up. are you, this is the first time hearing that you actually despise tomatoes. Really? Are you like yeah. a Tom Brady type? I'd like to think that there are a lot of things I don't have in common with Tom Brady. I think he's kind of a tool. Um, I didn't know he didn't like tomatoes, but if that's the case, then yes, that's something I have in common. Oh, he doesn't eat any moonshines. He doesn't eat any moonshines. You mean nightshades? Yeah. Yeah, because he's... Nightshades, there we go. Because <laughs> he's crazy. <laughs> What's a moon well, I've not finished my first cup of coffee. I'm not familiar with a mood sign. What, what, what is this? What she oh, I meant to say nightshades. And they're, they're tomatoes and a bunch of other delicious veggies that are apparently packed with the wrong sort of whatever for his crazy cult leader trainer slash dietitian. Um, I don't know about that. I just know that when I have tried to eat an actual tomato, like the byproducts, you know, paste and soup and, you know, even, even like the juice when you can can that up to a lesser extent, I'm fine with. Um, tomatoes themselves taste to me like biting into a big ball of vomit. Like that that's the sensation I get. See, that's how cherry tomatoes taste to me normally, which is why I really need these to hurry up and break down. <laughs> Weirdly, cherry tomatoes are actually my favorites because I just enjoy the texture the most because I think it's more condensed. It is condensed, but to me, that's just more condensed version of that thing I don't like. So, yeah. So while we're grow tomatoes at home, and every now and then, you know, they'll, they'll sprout some that they think are just the best. And my dog apparently has opinions on that. I don't know if that's coming through the audio. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait. So I think Buddy means it to say that he actually is a fan of tomatoes. Don't judge me. I feed you. Um. Feel free to judge, buddy. That's all we do on this podcast. I encourage him to do things like that. He judges me enough. Uh, it's it's really apparent since he's the only one that sees me most days now. But yeah, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll grow what they think is just an even better tomato than usual, and they'll encourage me to eat it. Like, okay, what's really good for you is just more of that thing that I think is kind of an abomination. So, so while we're while we're quietly judging Ben. Well, not so quietly judging Ben. Um, I diced up some scallions to use as a garnish for when this is all over, uh, since I had a quick minute there. Um, hopefully these tomatoes break down. Uh, as another digression, uh, knives, they're fun. Uh, 
And if you're going to be doing cooking, you need a good one. Um, something that fits your hand uh, and something that is well-made because there's nothing worse than trying to cook with a dull knife, especially if you're slicing those giant slicing tomatoes. You're just going to, you're just going to have a bad time. So what I have is a very nice older knife and I'm just going to go over what our listeners should look for aside from fit in your hand, which it's kind of hard to do if you're shopping online, but when this is all over and you go to the store to buy knives, um, you're going to want something where the metal of the blade extends all the way to the back. Um, and that's, that's called a full tang knife. Um, and it should be riveted um, all the way through. So from, which you'll see on a full tang knife. Um, and that, that'll, that'll save you a lot of headache. Um, and that knife will last uh, long enough for you to pass down to somebody else. And these tomatoes have not, this is annoying. This we just went like borderline West Wing here. What? We just went borderline West Wing here. Yeah. <laughs> so these tomatoes, unfortunately, still need a little bit more time to break down and release all of their water for me um, because they are cherry tomatoes and not the tomatoes that I should be using. But no offense, guys, uh, your wonderful podcast does not rate high enough for me to emergency order groceries um, or uh, worse, take a trip out. Although I've, I've been told by the Republicans demonstrating in our state that uh, <laughs> I should leave my house as much as possible and protest without a mask on so that we reopen our state's economy sooner. There were 1,500 of them outside of our Capitol building yesterday. There yeah, were in my hometown a few days ago. I don't think it got up to 1,500. Um, and I do know at least the guy that was conspicuously riding a horse around it was apparently from another state, just, you know, travels around to these rallies and spreads the coronavirus, which, hey, gives you more time to learn new things to cook. Yeah, I mean, that's one way to look at it. Um, I mean, hey, you're learning new things. You've got this fun new brunch item. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I am I am learning new things. Um, I would much rather be able to leave my house, though. <laughs> well, you could also, uh, since we were also talking about all this, there were some protests up in my state capitol earlier this week, and some people actually were dumb enough to give their names. And so, of course, I looked in the state voter file because, you know, public record and all that. And... I was able to find that one of them, like this mother-daughter combo lives like 40 minutes away from where I am. And I was like really tempted to just like get out, take my car out, drive to their home and start like just screaming at them from the street. For, And one of them is a this daughter who's like complaining that like, oh, I'm not going to be able to go to the prom. And then she also posted on her Facebook about how she's now accepted to the University of Delaware starting in the fall. I'm like, Maybe I should email like their admissions office. Tell them like use hired, use admitted some complete moron. But yeah, that that's I don't know what I would do. Um, I do know that my counterpart, the uh, chair of the Wisconsin Young Republicans, was at the demonstration in Brookfield um, 
the other the other week um, mm-hmm. because he uh, he thinks that that's how we're going to reopen the economy. Um, as a longtime real estate investor and uh, lover of free markets and our free enterprise system, I really would like to have him explain to me how. Um, prolonging a pandemic is going to lead to more economic activity. I'm sure he has some very, very fascinating ideas about that. More podcasts. And, uh, you know. Can I he also uh, tell us how much bleach he puts in his food? I have no idea, but I'd like to dedicate this Pelosi clap to him. Um, so. <clears throat> how much time are you spending in the kitchen during all this? Oh, I'm cooking like three to four hours a day. It keeps my kid entertained and it tastes delicious. Um, so I have a fridge right now that's filled with like pasta, French onion soup that I need to freeze. Um, once I'm done with, uh, once, once I'm done with, uh, really rehabilitating the seasoning on this skillet, uh, I have some, uh, I have two pounds of ground beef that I'm going to turn into an incredibly tasty uh, cottage pie, not to be confused with shepherd's pie. Um, shepherd's pie is lamb. Cottage pie is beef. I assume you made shepherd's pie out of actual shepherds. And because of the economy, most of them aren't working right now, so they must be in short supply. Well, that's the thing, actually. They, they, they have a very solitary profession. Um, and so, so to say that actually they would, no one would even know that they're gone. Yeah. Yeah, but also, like, they haven't really been impacted by this. Uh, in fact, they're in more demand than ever because of issues at, uh, issues with the meat supply chain. So, like, you gotta, you gotta really think it through, Colin. Um, it is funny you mention that because I did go grocery shopping yesterday. Yes, I wore a mask and all that. And I was thinking of trying to buy some lamb. All I could find were Lego lambs. Mm-hmm. Couldn't find any lamb chops. Yeah, I, uh, my last shepherd's pie... And I, I've just added the carissa, and now that I know it won't burn, some black pepper. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, during during Passover, I had the damnedest time getting a hold of uh, lamb shank, but also a leg of lamb. Um, and then the leftovers from that leg of lamb turned into my last shepherd's pie, because the only leg of lamb I could actually get my hands on was from Costco. And... Uh, that was five pounds of lamb, which was a bit much. So I braised it. Uh, and because I braised it for as long as I did, I was able to shred it with uh, forks um, by the time it was time to uh, use the leftovers. So, you know, always, always have a plan B or C or D when you're cooking in quarantine. So uh, the tomatoes are just about done releasing their liquid. Um, It takes a little bit longer with cherry tomatoes. And I think that now is a great time to put on my eggs. So that's what I'm going to do. Now with the eggs, you have options. You can cook them for as long or as short as you want, as long as you you get the first layer of uh, cooking as long as you get them a little bit solid. Um, some people like them all the way uh, all the way done. Some people like them really runny. 
it's it's entirely up to you. Um, so what you're going to do is you're going to make a little indentation, and this is this is runnier than I usually uh, make it, but. I've always seen in just, I, I've never ordered chachuca before, but I've always seen in pictures, like, it looks like they use more solid eggs for it, more conventionally. Is, is that what you normally go with, or is it just sort of a preference? Um, I mean, I've been making it, I usually make it a little bit on the solid side, because although I like to use, um, although, although I like runny eggs, I just... I don't know. It feels kind of weird. So in this dish for whatever reason. So I'm creating little wells in my uh, my sauce and I crack and you crack the eggs into the wells. Um, and so I don't I don't know, Cohen, at this at this point, you'd be hard pressed to really make out what was tomato and what wasn't. Uh, in, That's reassuring to me. In here, so this sounds this sounds like an egg dish. For, this sounds like an egg and tomato dish for you. Hold on, you just called him Cohen. You cannot do that. Only Summer Roberts is allowed to call someone Cohen. No one, no one got the OC reference. I got the reference. I'm just saying. I have. I'm pretty used to people calling me Cohen. So I'm. I'm gonna say. I have no objection to them, um, but no, I'm, I'm keeping it. Yeah, also, uh, the OC, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. I forgot it existed, and then I was dating somebody who fondly remembered it, and so we would occasionally watch an episode together on Hulu. It, it was truly one of the best parts of my teen years. Yeah. I, I cried at the end of that episode, of that final episode. I mean, I loved I loved it as a teenager. Um, it was like the one thing that I could talk to my crush about in art class. But like, <laughs> I hadn't thought about that show in years. So thank you. I'm glad I can help. All right, and now our eggs are in, and uh, so this is going to be a nice slow poach. Um, I'm going to wash my hands before I put the lid on so that I don't give myself salmonella while trying to avoid the Rona. Um, Would salmonella and the coronavirus uh, fight? What? Would the coronavirus and salmonella fight? I mean, corona, like, the coronavirus is pretty greedy. Like, it attacks every major organ organ system, apparently. So, like... I have a feeling that it would absolutely get into a turf war with Salmonella. But who would win? And, uh, okay, this is the type of questions that we should be asking Trump at those press conferences daily. I like to think uh, that you would get sort of a West Side Story slash Lion King 2 situation where one, you know, microbe or whatever of each of the respective diseases would cross lines, fall in love, and convince them to get along, and you know, collaborate on killing their host. You guys, do you guys remember Celebrity Deathmatch from the oh, early, early days? Oh, I miss that show so much. So do I. You know what we should do? We should have uh, we should have a, a Celebrity Deathmatch claymation uh, of Salmonella against the coronavirus. I'm sure we know somebody artistic enough to do that. Listeners, if you are at all versed in claymation. 
hit us up. We have some work for you. Yeah, I would actually probably pay money to see that. Um, if you can do this, we'll get all of our guests for today's episode. And we'll, if we won't fly all of them in to cook for you, because that would be expensive, we will find something involving getting all of their recipes together. You will get exclusive access to my unre- uh, my unreleased West Wing script. Damn, I haven't even gotten to see that yet. Yeah, well, that's premium content right there. Get on that. That is premium content. Um, so I'm going to set my kitchen timer for three minutes to uh, give those eggs some time before I check on them. But from here on out, this dish is, this dish is basically done. Um, it's just a matter of being patient and waiting for your eggs to finish. Um, and uh, if you're cooking at home with a child, keeping them entertained so that they don't do something silly, like reach for the handle of your cast iron skillet and tip it all over. Um, or, uh, oh, he's at the climbing phase now. Oh, he's, he's been at the climbing phase. Um, he is joyously in the climbing phase. He's also in the, I know I shouldn't go through the trash daddy, but I really want to phase of childhood development. Um, so basically like, basically like our dog right now. Um, they both know what they shouldn't do. They still sometimes do it. Um, Although, I think he finally knows more words than her. Uh, we have an exceptionally intelligent dog. It's scary. But uh, has your dog learned call time yet? Or has your, has your son learned call time yet? Do we know your dog has? <laughs> For those of you who don't know my dog, uh, when I say call time, she begs. When I say politician, she shakes. And because I love Game of Thrones, when I say take the black, she runs to her crate. Um, I don't think he knows call time yet. Um, He knows Chili Daddy has to be on the phone right now. Um, And then he looks at me and gets a very sad face um, until I give him something to color with or uh, something, something like that and wrap up my phone conversation. But yeah, I don't... I don't think he knows. Oh, excellent. These are poaching a little bit faster than I thought they would. So right now, these eggs, uh, if you like your eggs runny, these eggs would be good to serve. Uh, So I don't really want these to be runny, though, uh, since whatever, I I cracked seven eggs into this um, so that I could uh, use my egg carton for... um, some more uh, vegetable planting, but uh, if I didn't know better, I'd say actually you're using it uh, because seven, you know, all the number of pork crocuses by Voldemort and all that. You caught me. You caught me. Thought I was clever. Guess not. However, we all know that now. That, now that, that's scary. What? What's what's scary? Sorry, YouTube. We're I'm talking. I'm gonna have here. to root out all the Death Eaters in YDA now. I mean. You've partied with all of them. Probably. What? <laughs> <laughs> do, do, you, do you really have to root them out, Cullen? I mean, yeah, otherwise, who knows what terror they're going to unleash. I'm not going to comment. That's okay. <laughs> so right now, the eggs are very, very soft on the top, but they are cooked all the way through. So if you like your eggs soft, good to serve. If uh, 
you don't, or you just, you don't like that texture, put on another three minutes and you'll be good. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what I've been doing. Lots and lots and lots of cooking. Um, it makes me, makes me very sad that I've been doing this much cooking, actually. I, I enjoy it, but... You say sad, we say awesome, I say I'm now hungry, and I have a box of the mini cinnamon toast Eggo waffles in my freezer just waiting for me. It may so, not be Shakshuka, but I think you should go follow your dreams right there, Seamus. Yeah, follow, follow your dreams. Um, so I, I guess I'll share a couple of uh, my quarantine cooking hacks that you should, you know, use anyway. Sure. So um, I slice up a lot of vegetables for what I do. And because I slice up a lot of vegetables, and I, I tend to make soups, I, uh, I keep my discarded choppings. So like the ends of leeks, um, the ends of celery that you can't use, that, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, the, the, the basil plate and top of onions, which I didn't have my bag out. Um, so I just put them in the bag. Um, and then when it comes time to make the base of the broth for a soup, I'll empty my, my bag of useless veggie and uh, toss it all in. And it, 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 it adds up to more or less vegetable broth uh, by the end. You only, have to, you only have to play around a little bit to get the flavor you're looking for. Um, and it also allows me to have nice fresh veggie stock made from scratch roughly once a week. Um, sometimes a little more, sometimes a little less. Ooh, these are, these are poaching. Those are poaching beautifully. Um, I'll take a picture and send it to you guys. Good. I just grab my phone. Or maybe I won't. Um, I appear to have put my phone somewhere and I can't find it. So that's going to be a problem. Um, hang on. I'll see if my, my wife, Eva, can find it um, since it's probably upstairs. Uh, Charles, you could always just go over your computer and then... Yeah, the, the webcam is kind of kind of awkward. Although I think, um, I think Eva will be able to find my phone. I think it's just upstairs somewhere. And oh, hey, these, these little onions, they are the MVPs, these little pearled onions. They're going to be the MVPs of this dish. Okay, and our eggs are just about there. So I'm just going to turn off my burner for the rest of that. And uh, now that I have the, uh, yeah, now, now that this is all basically done, I'm gonna take the scallions that I diced up um, at the very beginning of, uh, well, almost the very beginning of all of this. And I'm gonna take a quick pause to check the flavor of my, my sauce. Mm. Fuck yes. This is great. I hit the mm, I hit the spicy nail right on the head. I am so, so happy with how that turned out. Um I was a little bit anxious. It's probably gonna be a little too spicy for my son, but that's okay. He doesn't like eggs anyway. Um I'm, you'll be in my thoughts and prayers during this difficult time. 
Yeah. Yeah. Thoughts, thoughts and prayers. Um, but I am going to garnish it now with all of the scallions that I diced up. Um, now you can use fresh chopped parsley as well. You can use uh, fresh chopped coriander and you can use quite a few other things um, if you feel inclined. Um, and apparently I left my phone in the bathroom because I took a bath this morning and it was amazing. That's fair. Well, when you find it, just when you have the product finished, send us a picture yeah. and when we post all this later, We'll, uh, we'll include it with everything. Awesome. And, uh, you know, we should really, uh, we should talk about Wisconsin politics sometime. Um, when we have a, when we do a real episode again and not one that Seamus lets me hijack for strange ideas uh, about special episodes, then yes, we absolutely will. Yeah. Like Wisconsin politics and parenting. We should, we should definitely. Uh, I'm sure those mash up great and I will look forward to hearing about them. And how about like Scott Walker probably never was hugged in his life. I bet he doesn't cook either. So uh, on the bridge. He actually, he cooks, like makes himself ham sandwiches. And that's, that's about it. That's putting things in bread. Yes. Um, hence the scare quotes. Uh, so... My coworker was devastated to be separated from mom, but sacrifices must be made. And this is a photo of Shakshuka that I will send to you guys. Bad. Oh, and uh, I strongly recommend um, if you ever get a chance to, and you're obnoxious like me, um, Le Crusade, these little this little single serving and they're really like half a portion um stoneware ramekins in um nice pastel colors and i i have I ones that are not like in dark blue what i have ones that are like that but they're all in a dark blue it's a set yeah yeah so those are, those are actually sold as a set the the pastel rainbow set um that did not look like pastels to me, though. Yeah, I mean, they it it may not be translating over the webcam, um, but they are wonderful. Uh, and they and you're right, they they start dark and then they fade up toward the, and that's not show that's not showing through in the natural light in the in the lighting. But um, they are wonderful, and I I am so glad that. I got them because they have really brought joy to my kitchen. That's that's the shakshuka. It's done. You can eat it um, if you want. I'll, uh, I'll so okay. So I'm going to get on a flight right now over to Wisconsin. You know, pick me up from the airport in about you know like five hours or so, and have it ready for me. That'd be perfect. Yeah, I mean, you can definitely have uh, batch two, um, or better yet, Cohen. Your new mission is, and when we finally have a new YDA meeting, make sure the hotel has suites where we can do a cook-off. Okay, you say that somewhat jokingly, but I kind of want to do that now. I, I don't yes. mean that jokingly. I'm dead serious. Right. We've had mix, We've had mixology uh, fights before. I think yeah, we should I'd, be cooking. Do it. I'd be down. Um, all right. I like this. 
And you know, maybe uh, if I drive again, I could bring my 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 friend. Still needs a name. Um, what is your friend? Oh, that's my sourdough starter. Um, You're one of them. I mean, reality is I get my groceries once every two weeks and bread doesn't keep that long. Uh, my co-op, my co-op is out of dry active yeast. So my options are limited. <laughs> um, and if, if I'm going to have a living organism that I have to feed twice a day, once, once it reaches an appropriate age, I'm going to name it. This one has not reached that appropriate age yet. So no name. Um, you know, uh, I, I, I suppose I could wait a couple of years, um, as, as is done north of the wall, but that, that might be excessive. I, I, think, I think after it starts producing good bread, it gets a name. We're having a guest later on today who is going to be talking about uh, baking bread during the quarantine, and we'll ask her if she has any suggestions for, for names. I'm sure she'll have some. No, I think, honestly, we should just, like, have a open poll, and, and then I think Ben and I will finally decide amongst ourselves what the name will be. So I've, I've been thinking Danforth as a name for it um, because it's, it's obnoxious, which is, you know, basically cleaning the sourdough off of whatever it is that you use to reduce it. Um, and it's distinguished, which is the taste of a good sourdough bread, but I'm open to suggestions. I can't think of anything right now, but I'm sure our listening audience will be able to come up with a good name for just, your sourdough. Just don't, just don't name it manhole like you did with Josh's dog. Well, no, that's already been done. You can't. <laughs> yeah. We, we can't have two manholes. Yeah. I think I co I think I co-sponsored that resolution. Oh yes, you did. No regrets. <laughs> Truly the best idea Hannah Robleski and I ever had. Yeah, that was actually an amazing idea. Um, and you deserve you and Hannah both deserve a lot of credit for bringing some very much le- needed levity to that YDA Birmingham meeting. Um, I I know I know I appreciated it. I don't know if Josh did, but I appreciated it. He denies it, but we know he did. Yeah. Well, I mean, he says he, he still calls his dog Jacks, but we know he's only doing that for show. I mean, you did take something deeply personal to to him and just mess with it. I guess that makes us the bad guys, but eh, fuck it. Um, you can edit that out, right? <laughs> oh, no, no, this is saying in. <laughs> I'm at the cursing. Every reference to Harris still always stays in. I, I'm, at the, I'm at the cursing. I don't, I don't care about the discussion of the dog. Um, although, if you guys, if you guys rena- try to rename my dog, I, I will have my revenge. That comes later. I, 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 will, I will have my revenge. I will... I will make your Kansas City meeting be in Missouri. I will fight you. <laughs> You'll what? You got to fight you. You'll fight me. I will fight you. Okay, this is another claimation that we have to have done. Charles <laughs> versus Ben. <laughs> ah, no respect. Anyway, yeah. Charles, I got the pictures of the finished product. It looks pretty awesome. Yep, here's the uh here is it plated. Ooh. Um, yeah, I'll take a picture of that too. Um, I don't know how appetizing it really looks in this form, but I assure you it's delicious. Although it's almost certainly 
going to be a little bit too spicy for my wife um, as well. So that just means there's going to be more for me. Um, yeah. All right. I like eggs. All right. <laughs> well, that was fun. <laughs> Charles, thank you for jumping on. Yep. Now I really All have right. to something because I am, this has made me, my mouth really watery and my stomach really rumbly. I'd say I was sorry, but you know you're not. It's okay. Oh, I'm not. I'm not and I'm not. I'm not saying it's something you have to apologize for. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. It was great. Thanks so much. We are now joined by our good friend Leah Kirk, uh, joining us from the Great Commonwealth of Virginia. How are you doing, Leah? I'm good. How are you guys doing? We're great. Well, okay. A Red Bull. Yeah, so, right. what, are you, what are you cooking for us today, Leah? So, I am making chocolate cupcakes and I'm going to make a strawberry basil buttercream. I had to think of that word for a second. It's early. Give uh, me a picture of uh, one of these the other day, and I gotta say, Holy shit, did it look tempting. That one was the chocolate rosemary one. So that one, I'm not going to put rosemary because I'm having fresh rosemary. But that one, it was delicious. Sounds really weird, but it was a chocolate uh, rosemary cupcake with a blackberry buttercream. It was like museum worthy. Now, when you're doing that, uh, I, I know that's not the one that you're kind of coming to the segment with. Do you just like get some lavender extract and mix it in or how do you do that? No, like I, um, Scott's parents at their Creek house have all sorts of fresh herbs and their rosemary has like taken off. So you can absolutely use rosemary oil or lavender oil. I saw a um, lavender, a chocolate lavender cupcake I almost made, but I decided against it. But yeah, you just use it like, like this recipe is like you chop it up fine for the rosemary. And then you just add it to the chocolate mix while you are making the chocolate cupcakes. Um, and then you're supposed to put like a sprig of rosemary for like decoration purposes. And I didn't do that. So yeah, but this one's uh, this one's a little easier and everybody should have the same ingredients at home. <laughs> it's like flour, sugar, eggs, butter. I don't know, the eggs was kind of like a hot commodity in Northern Virginia for a while. So um, but yeah, so it's like it's supposed to be the best chocolate chip cookie or chocolate chip cookie, chocolate cupcake recipe. So we'll see if it actually the best. Okay, the best. Okay. Oh. The best. The best. It's, it's the best chocolate cupcake recipe. So any listeners who are fond of making chocolate cupcakes, I mean, gauntlet thrown. Hmm. Right. Like, I mean, I spend a lot of time on Pinterest during quarantine. So when something says it's the best, I have to like try it out just because sometimes I don't think it's the best. So you're telling us that you're also going to put Magnolia Bakery out of business. Yes. That is what I'm going to do. Or Carlos. Can I take Carlos out of business? Maybe I need to be on the show. The Duff and Carlos like shakedown they got going on. Okay. So I was going to hope to get all my ingredients done beforehand, but I, that did not happen. So this also calls for um, Dutch processed chocolate. So luckily, Scott 
His aunt is from Holland. Yeah, my fiance is his aunt is from Holland. So we have straight up Dutch cocoa powder. And apparently there's a difference with using that versus what you find in American stores. It's just like a Hershey's or whatever. It's the chemical makeup is different. I don't remember like what it is, but it's like it makes it so what do you do if you're Austin Powers' father? I'm Austin Powers' father? Uh, because Remember, he, he hates the Dutch. He hates the Dutch. He does. So you could use regular. You could use regular. I also have um, Ghirardelli, but I'm not going to use it because I don't have enough of it. This is what I used for the, um, raz- the uh, rosemary chocolate ones, was the Ghirardelli. So if you don't like the Dutch... You can definitely use regular, and it says that you can do that. So, um, this also calls for espresso powder, but I don't have any because it's all gone. Is it still going to be the best then? It will be because I'm kind of tweaking it a little bit. Nice. Um, Yeah, we'll see. It's going to be the best because I'm making it, and we all know this. Um, We believe in you, Leah. We believe in you, but we're not saying you're the best. Not yet. You've not had the cupcakes. Actually, I don't think you've had any of the cupcakes I've ever made. I haven't. You have not yet. You've had my cooking, but you've I never had your cooking. Right, right. Because I always come visit you and you don't come visit me. <laughs> and it's kind of hard to cook in a hotel room at like a Young Dems convention. So We were just talking yeah. about this with Charles Myers. Actually, we're right now thinking of having a cook-off, so someone has to, like, get a suite so we can actually do some cooking. Or, like, one of those extended stay places where it's actually got, like, a, um, like, a cool kitchen and stuff. Ben, oh, okay. you, 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 you hear, you see the marching orders. I do. You find us a place. I do. I got it. Yeah. I mean, I thought about making the cupcakes that we're going to have for our wedding. But then I thought that if I made them and they're not great, I'm going to be really upset about it. Well, see, that <laughs> so way you can learn it. what improvements you need to make beforehand. Well, I'm not making it. That's the thing. <laughs> I'm not making it. You they're know what to tell What? Side note. I actually was trying to book my flights and hotels and everything for your wedding. Right. The other night. And I'm shocked at how expensive everything is, even with you think that, like, the hotel industry would want to, like, reduce prices to stimulate people coming? No. Mm-mm. No, no. We actually have a room block. Did you look at our room block? I don't know if it's any different uh, I, than... I did. Yeah. I was, I was still talking about how expensive everything was, you know? Yeah, so, yeah, we're not going to talk about that, because, yeah. And if it gets postponed, I'll be really upset. I mean, we'll get our deposits and stuff back. And, like, we'll be able to move it to a different date, but, like, it's just a hassle. And also, your wedding is going to be, like, the off-peak season. Right. I mean, it's right in the middle of July. Well, beginning of July. So, I mean, it's, like... And you're really close to the... You're close to the equator. It's going to be hot as balls. Yes, it will be. We were there last year, one year out, and it was... At night, it was really nice because you got the breeze coming off on the, in the Key West. But, um, yeah, during the day, it was really hot. And that was where I was just before the entire world went into the pandemic. Yes. So, we were there. 
This Ryan, pandemic is going to begin and end with me in Key West. Yes. So let's fingers crossed. <laughs> and then like two weeks after that, so I could go to Hawaii. Like that's, that's all I'm asking for. Just having so much more fun than all of us. I mean, it will be. You can come crash it if you want. Ben, um, if you want to be my date, you can be. Ooh. Yeah, Seamus actually gets a plus one. So, Ben, you can come be his plus one. I never got my actual invites. I didn't even know I got a plus one. So that's because we've not sent them out yet. Because we're waiting to see what happens with this whole pandemic thing. Because um, I just don't want to pay 400 and some dollars for invitations. And then I have to turn around and resend out other invitations and it was just going to be a whole mess so we're waiting we're waiting you can say plus your fuck we 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 use vulgarity all the time here right i mean plus um florida's opening back up so that's a good sign thanks ron desantis i mean we're driving there so it's not going to be too much of an issue but some of our guests are obviously going to have to fly um Instead of throwing rice at the end, you're just going to throw bottles of hand sanitizer. Yes, that's... <laughs> no, that's everyone's going to be throwing Everyone's going to be throwing bleach. Bleach, the bleach. I can't no, have a white dress. That's what you're doing the toasts with at the reception. Oh. <laughs> and then she walks away. Okay, so for those of you who do not like sour cream, this recipe calls for sour cream, um, which if I thought about making a uh, mayonnaise cake instead of the chocolate chip cookies, which it, in theory does the exact same thing. It just makes it a little bit um, wetter. I hate the word moist, but <laughs> more moist. <laughs> However, you, use the, you said that like it calls for mayonnaise, which everyone is objectively disgusting yeah well i mean if you've never had a mayonnaise cake i mean I if you've had a cake out it's been like super moist nine out of ten times it's probably been a mayonnaise cake just so you know because it's got the it's got oil and the eggs and all that kind of stuff so it's easy to like throw into cakes and duke's mayonnaise actually as a recipe on the back of their um jar or used to that was for the mayonnaise cake. Fun facts. Fact that there are cakes made with mayonnaise. There's cakes made with a lot of stuff. Uh, my, like, there are I'm weird, really, I'm really weird. disgusted, and I feel like I'm going to need a long cold shower after this. <laughs> you might, you might. Okay, let's see here. All right, so right now what I'm gonna do is I've got to get some chocolate chips. I'm trying to. Maybe if I can find them. I gotta chop them up a little bit. Um, so I think it might be easier to like melt them, but and just for the record, I am um, using semi-sweet chocolate freedom choice from the commissary. So that's fun. All right. All right. So the unique thing about this recipe is when you're putting all your chocolate in afterwards, you put in um, boiling water, so into the chocolate mixture, and that's what melts everything together. 
we'll see how great this ends up being. But I've made recipes before where you have to have more than water. And it actually works out pretty well. Okay. So how much have you been baking during the quarantine? I've been baking, I've been cooking. We started getting HelloFresh like two years ago. And um, Scott's parents were originally, we lived with his parents, and originally were supposed to be in Germany during the pandemic. So they were supposed to be there right now, not coming back to like next weekend, actually this weekend. Um, so they're supposed to be gone for a month. So I had already set up to have HelloFresh come and all this kind of stuff. So I've been making a lot of recipes. Um, I usually make dinner every night. I made chicken salad the other day with tagine, and it was lovely. Okay. I hear a puppy. Yes, you do. Uh, he, and I'm moving the camera so you can see him. Obviously, this is audio. Uh, that is my dog, Buddy, who, whenever I am on Zoom, has to sit next to me and pout because I'm not paying as much attention to him. Because why wouldn't he? Yeah, no, exactly. Because that's what dogs with me. Yeah. Um, we had to put our dog down last week. She was uh, having some issues and it was sad. So last week was rough in the dog world. And then, shame that I told you that. But my I remember when you got me. that dog. Like it was no, this, you, no, that's not this. No, not this one. Macy is my dog that's at uh, my sister's. Uh, uh, this is Blue. Blue is. Um, Scott's dog. He, she's a, she was a Weimariner, so massive, massive dog. Um, but yeah, she was a gentle giant and was lovely and the sweetest dog. But she also had arthritis so bad she couldn't walk. Uh -oh. So mm -hmm. it was, it was just it, we knew it was time. Um, and prolonging it would have been more for our advantage than hers. Um, so that we had to do that last week and it was rough. But my dog, Seamus, um, Macy, my Doxton, she has a slip disc right now. So she's a miniature long haired Doxton. And Doxons are notorious for like back problems and stuff. Um, but the miniatures have less of a problem. But she still is um, got some, some back issues. And so my sister's like, Hampering my dog for me. She's like in spa. Flour. Okay, so three fourths cup plus two tablespoons of flour. I just preheated the oven to 350. Oops, three fourths of a cup is a lot of. I'm missing my three-fourths of a cup. But I know I've used it. Just not today. Definitely have backups. So how have you guys been um, surviving all of the quarantine? Anybody else been doing any baking? I haven't been doing a lot of baking yet, but I keep thinking about it. Um, Every now and then I'll kind of stumble onto a weird recipe or just an idea and follow that. The farmer's market in Topeka uh, ended up reopening, which I was not necessarily expecting, but it's been nice because it's, you know, it sells food, so it's considered essential. 
Um, and I was telling Seamus earlier, there is a farm that will butcher some, you know, kinds of animals that you don't find quite as often in the grocery stores. Uh, and so I bought a pound of ground elk meat last weekend. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. And, you know, you don't get to go out and get that too often. There used to be a place in Lawrence where I went to college called Local Burger, and it would specialize in, like, you know, bison or elk or just, you know, different kinds of animals that you're not going to get in restaurants too often, making burgers out of those fantastic. So I really good. It was. I've been having fun with that. I made some sliders earlier this week. Uh, I used most of it yesterday. I made fajitas. Oh, nice. Oh, my God. It was, uh, yeah, so it was ground elk meat with, um, with uh, avocado oil as, as my vegetable oil. And that sounds really good. Never had elk, so, but that's definitely something like I would totally be game to try. It is. I feel like you could probably find it somewhere in New York. I'm sure. I feel like there's got to be some restaurant somewhere that serves, like, elk burgers. Oh, definitely, but however, I'm not, like, in the city right now. That's true. Well, that can be adventure for you when you can actually venture out into the world again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when you're able to venture. No, there's definitely, there's like a butcher shop, uh, maybe yeah, 15 minute walk away from my apartment uh, that would probably sell that stuff. If not, I'm sure there's definitely some butcher shops like somewhere in Brooklyn because Brooklyn, we have all the weird stuff. True, true. Um, I think, so the campaign I worked on when I was in upstate New York, I think that his restaurant, um, might have elk and it's in Brooklyn. I don't remember the name of it. I've been there, but I know it has all sorts of different meats and stuff like that. All right. So this is like, I should have had this measured out already. And didn't. So we're winging it. I mean, by winging it, I mean like we're doing it as we go. Be easy for people at home to like think together. <laughs> okay, so sugar and baking soda. So right now I am putting together the flour, sugar, salt, and baking soda and whisking it together. I've got the chocolate mixture sitting with the hot water and it's supposed to sit there for five minutes. And, of course, I forgot to set a timer, but that's okay. I think if I go over the five minutes, it'll be okay. If not, um, then the entire world will implode. You know, it might. It might. You know, my type A personality when it comes to this kind of stuff is it might, like, mess itself up. Um, once I was baking. Oh, I guess I was in high school, maybe. And um, got the baking soda and... <laughs> baking powder mixed up. Yep. You're usually supposed to put more baking powder in things than baking soda. <laughs> it's a very interesting recipe. I forget what I made, but it was uh, not, not edible. <laughs> Could not eat it. Okay, so now that I have all those together, I just got to whisk them together. It's mostly just dry ingredients. All of the dry ingredients of the chocolate because they're making it wet, but... Actually, I just dropped everything. No big deal. We're going to put this in the whiskets in the kitchen, because that's easier. 
You know, Ben, we may have to put this all up as a video series also on, like, YouTube. <laughs> that would be a tragedy. I mean, I did shower today. <laughs> That's a plus. Um, Leah, you always look phenomenal. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I try. I try. Except when I'm going to coach, I normally have my hair up, no makeup on, and look like a coach. Which is funny, but I've known you for over a decade. You always look phenomenal. Thank you, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Um, I was just Scott. I was just talking about the fact that you were at the beach because we were watching um one of the DIY like beach shows where like they're looking for a beach house or whatever, and they were looking to like renovate these houses and stuff like that, and like they're wanting to put like. They wanted like a seven bedroom, like three bath for like $250,000. And we're like, this doesn't make sense. It's like, we'll just go visit Shayla's at the beach house. That's what we'll go do. Or just wait until I buy a house in Key West when I'm like 60. I was going to say, the sooner you do that, the sooner, you know, once the pandemic is over, you can have parties there uh, and invite yep. all of us. Or like my wedding. <laughs> Well, you already told me I'm going to be your tenant, actually, at, at said house. True. We, we've already had this conversation. So Seamus eventually will uh, be one of my tenants. And we'll, um, we'll run a I business. I just find a job there, but I really want to move to Key West, as I've we, told Leah before. Create our own job. I mean, I feel like, but, like, I feel like there's so many jobs you can do remotely with what you do. So, I think, like, it would just be... Well, now, with the quarantine, I can make a good argument for a lot of it. Yeah. Okay. I've currently done six weeks of my current job remotely without any problems. Yeah. I mean, I had to go into work the other day, which was slightly anxiety-ridden, um, because I am high-risk. So... I was like, because I don't know how well the other people that I work with have been social distancing. But um, for the most part, it was all right. I think that like our uh, custodians and stuff have been doing a really good job of keeping everything clean. And I had my mask on. And I mean, I've been to the grocery store and stuff just with mask on. But mostly, and by grocery store, I mean Costco because. Why wouldn't I? Okay, so now I'm combining the wet ingredients, which is a half a cup of sour cream. Um, you could also use Greek yogurt, like um, full fat Greek yogurt. Mm -hmm. But I'm not, because I do not have any Greek yogurt and I don't want to go to the store for that because it's not a necessity. Um, that our neighbors have um, enjoyed my baking more than I have. Um, one of our neighbors, he takes care of his mom. So his mom's, you know, late 80s, early 90s. And so every time I make cupcakes or anything, I always like message him and see if he wants any. Um, and so she got to taste the <laughs> rose chocolate, rosemary butter and uh, blackberry buttercream ones. And like sit back in the container and ask for more. 
So I'll have to let him know that I'm making cupcakes again today from our Okay, and it's easy because I just set them in a little container on the on my door and he comes to pick them up. He's a real estate agent, so this past time he like filled the container back up with like real estate things, which was kind of funny. And these iHeart uh, Claremont Woods, like, which is the neighborhood we live in, um, the blue bracelets, like the Livestrong bracelets, mm. which was funny. Okay. All right. All right. And the fun part about this is that I'm using Mexican vanilla instead of regular vanilla. What um, difference does it make? So it's this Other has got If it's going to piss off Trump, we're totally down for that, of course. It's from Mexico. I got it in Mexico when I was in Cabo after Christmas. Um, but it's got a little bit more um, alcohol in it. So it's a higher concentrated vanilla than, you know, vanilla you would get here. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's got a, um, it's got a slightly richer vanilla flavor than like regular vanilla you get here. They're bringing vanilla, they're bringing tequila, they're they're uh, bringing avocados and some of them. They are chefs, and some of them I've heard are very fine people. There's a joke in there somewhere. We can we yes. That. Actually, the best joke I've heard so far, or a poem actually, uh, <coughs> it was based upon uh, Joe Biden's tweet from last night. But it was, "Roses are red, how owls like to screech." I can't believe I have to say this, but do not drink bleach. For real. Like, come on, people. And, like, I mean, where I grew up, I can guarantee all of the Trump supporters there are going to be like, yeah, let's drink our bleach. I mean, Darwinism award right there. As we said on our Facebook and Twitter the other day, you all want to use your – do not drink bleach or anything or inject it or whatever, but if you want to use your stimulus money to buy stock in those companies, go for right. it. Right. Yes, that's probably not a bad idea. It's also called for um, white vinegar. So we'll see if this is actually the best chocolate cupcake recipe, because this just seems not what I would put in my chocolate cupcakes. Put it that way. I just dropped my knives. All right, so this is an interesting recipe because it calls for two large eggs, and then it also calls for an egg yolk. <coughs> so I just inhaled some vinegar. It's actually, it's like an omelet right now. So we'll see. But um, I thought about, I have a lot of, what do I have a lot of? I have a lot of like flavorings for baking. Um, so I thought about like, Instead of actually using strawberries for the buttercream, 
that I would just use flavorings. And I was like, no, why would I do that? I have actual strawberries. But I think what I'm going to do, instead of doing a, um, instead of just doing like a strawberry, I might just do the chocolate icing and put a strawberry ganache inside of the cupcake just to spice it up a little bit. Okay. Now that I've got that, I'm gonna whisk this mixture into the chocolate mixture. I mean, it looks like a omelet. I mean, you guys listening can't see this, but I'm showing thin. It does. It, it's like an omelet. So, chocolate omelets. Okay. Can we rename cupcakes to be like dessert quiches or something? Yes, dessert quiches. Does it sound fancy? Super fancy. Yes. Dessert quiches. It's actually going to go on the menu for the French restaurant that we're putting together, Le Cookie Quarantine. <laughs> um, well, I mean, the chocolate rosemary were kind of like savory, and there's all sorts of different like recipes that you can use, like savory cupcakes, but like with a sweet topping. Sweet topping, man. Um... I don't know where my other whisk is. Oh, yeah. This chocolate stuff is, like, fully melted. All right. Now, I'm going to whisk this stuff into the chocolate mixture. The omelet into the chocolate mixture. Until it's all smooth. Oh man, this smells really good. Two different types of chocolate, you can never go wrong with that, right? You really can't. I also think that it is definitely best I did not do. So our cupcakes for our, our wedding are going to be, they are key lime cupcakes with Ooh. a raspberry filling with coconut buttercream. And it's like the best thing ever. Um, and I kind of thought about making but I don't want to be disappointed <laughs> that mine were better than where we're getting from, or vice versa. Okay, now I'm going to finish with this flour, flour, and then I'm going to add it to the chocolate mixture. Apparently, this is the, you only do a little bit of a time, so it doesn't clump. I don't know. What is your all's favorite type of cupcakes? Would it be, like, would it be too basic to say the red velvet ones? Because I'm never not excited about those. Those are really good. You get, like, Me? a little bit of the cream I cheese. I feel like I'm a regular vanilla person. Legit. Yeah. Cannot go wrong with regular vanilla. Do you like vanilla cupcakes with vanilla frosting, or yeah, like frosting? But I'll, I'll do like any type of frosting, but really vanilla cupcakes are just like my my jam. But I'll I'll, do, I'll go I'll mix it up and everything. But 
Here's the question. Do you slice your cupcake in half and then put the topping in the middle? Oh, boy. We're going to get heat mail from this, aren't we? Or do you eat the icing first or just take bites of the whole thing all together? Oh, I do the I bites do. of the whole thing. Like, I do bites of the whole thing because I have a big enough mouth. Yeah. I know. I've tried the whole cutting it in half and making Don't it a sandwich thing, but it just gets, it gets messy. You get crumbs everywhere. And you lose a good portion of the cake. And, you know, they don't put it all together for you to then take it back apart. You know, you don't need to deconstruct the cupcake. Let it be one experience. See, I eat the icing first. <laughs> I always have. Because I, for a long time, I didn't really like cupcakes. Um, what is wrong with you? Or what was well, wrong with you? Like, growing up, I didn't, we didn't eat a ton of cupcakes. Like, that wasn't... They're like special occasions and something like that. Um, I prefer cake, like actual cake. Uh, my grandmother every year for my birthday would make me a um, a caramel cake. So it's basically vanilla cake with caramel icing, like homemade from scratch. And to this day, it's still my favorite cake. I have replicated it a couple of times. Just it's not quite made exactly like my grandmother made, used to make it, but. It's very close, very, very close. So the key to this right now, though, is to not like over whisk it and then put enough flour in the mixture. I only put half the flour, so this is very watery. That could be it, could be it. I got distracted talking to you guys and forgot about the rest of my flour. We ruined most of it. <laughs> So these are perfect. They're your thoughts. I um I guess five or six years ago. I don't know, Seamus, I don't think I ever sent you any cookies. I started this thing that was like um like a cookie exchange with some friends of mine. Um which was kind of awesome, but it also was hard to do. But I made beet cookies for a friend who was vegan, and you use beets instead of eggs, and like you mash the beets. They're actually really good, but they were this like crazy yes. color of pink, and it was just too much. But yeah, that's the taste. I can imagine a little bit more overwhelming. Um, I only recently discovered that meat beer is a thing, and it's pretty fantastic. Meat beer? Yeah. Like, what What kind of meat? No, beet. Oh, beet. I was like, meat? Like, meats? Like, elk. I guess you can make a beer out of meat juice, you know? Good. I'm not going to try. <laughs> like, beef tallow. Oh. You know, you just take, like, all, like, the, uh, juice and stuff from whatever meat you're cooking. Yeah. There probably has to be some sugar in there that the yeast will eat and ferment. You know, yeah. instead of gravy, if you want to, I don't know what kind of beer you'd get out of that. I mean, you can you can do chocolate gravy. That's a big thing in the South for breakfast is chocolate gravy. Huh. I don't like it. I'm not going to pull that thread. But you can get it I'm in a lot of... I'm not touching that one, no. Could do it at a lot of diners. For some reason, people enjoy it. 
I think it's more like chocolate pudding, like a liquid pudding. But okay, that makes a little more sense. I, I will be the first to say the South has a lot of weird things that they eat. 100%. And I grew up eating most of them and probably still do. It is the South. And it's interesting. Technically, I still am in the South, but I, I don't consider Northern Virginia the South. I feel like that's got to be a big change from Georgia, yeah. Yeah. She's, I mean, she's not from Georgia. I mean, I lived in Georgia for a while. I lived in Atlanta for almost two years. Um, but yeah, I was in Tennessee. Went to college in Tennessee. Grew up in Tennessee. But I grew up on the state lines. I mean, Tennessee-Virginia state line. So I can kind of claim both places. But yeah, especially when I lived in Georgia. Georgia, like Atlanta has a lot of like plants that are not people that live in the south so Atlanta I find was... is like it's sort of almost like a like se- completely separate it's almost like its own city state it is it really is. I'm a big fan of Atlanta like the Braves are my that's my baseball team a big Braves fan um I actually lived in Atlanta, when I lived in Atlanta, I hung out with uh, Steve Golden a lot, which was because Shayna was living there at the time, too. So I hung out with them quite a bit. I think Shayna spent the night with me a couple times, too, maybe. Um, I think that they actually are fans of the pod, so. Oh, hi, guys, if you're listening. I miss you all. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was fun because, like, there's so much to do in Atlanta. Like, you don't just have, um, like, I wasn't just working. I, like, I was always doing other stuff. The first roommate I had in Atlanta, who was not a young dim, was horrible. Um, but we're not going to get into that. That was horrible. However. There was a YDA meeting in Atlanta about a year ago. I know, I wanted to go. It was a lot of fun. I mean, I can see that. Atlanta's a lot of fun. It's a really, really, really fun place. And if you've never been to Atlanta and you're listening to the podcast, make a trip to Atlanta. After quarantine. Uh, After quarantine, not not currently. Even though I think, like, the governor has opened up Georgia. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, I think, like, as of Friday, it was, like, opened up. But still, even so, you should not – do not listen to your governor. Any Anyone who lives in Georgia, your governor is a complete tool. You could say he's unkempt. <sighs> Don't groan. <laughs> Listeners, my co-host is groaning at my terrible pun. That is an art form. Thank you very much. I know it's just an inside joke. You know what's even funnier is that, like, I turn 36 next year, which means I will officially, like, age out of Young Dems altogether. Not in every state. Uh, Not in every state. I don't know if I do in my, I think it might in my state. I don't remember if it's what age it is, but some are 38, some are 40, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So this is really liquidy for some reason. Not so we'll see how well this turns out. I uh, actually I may have to abandon the whole cupcake thing and make this into a cake. 
which might actually turn out better. Because I don't think the cupcakes are going to do well. It's a sad world we live in where you have to have cake instead of cupcakes. To prove this is not the best chocolate cupcake recipe. This is not the best chocolate cupcakes. It's you promised us the best one and you did not deliver. You're very disappointed. I mean, we're not like, mad, we're disappointed. I mean, I also think that you guys distracted me too much and that may be part of it. We're the worst. So I'm going to go with that. However, you chose to come on here, so you knew what you're getting into. I did choose to come on here. Oh my gosh. What was I thinking? I think I inadvertently may have uh, doubled this recipe, and that may have been the problem. So I'm trying to fix it by refixing it. So we'll see. I really need more counter space. That's actually what I need. So that's why I'm off the screen, but okay. Vanilla. Back to the vanilla. All right. I am going to put these in little cupcake things, but if I have anything left over, I'm going to make it into a cake. This, it smells really, really good. So I think that's a good sign. I think it's just going to make a lot more cupcakes than I initially anticipated on it. Because it says that it makes 12, and I think I'm making like 48 now at this point. But it's okay. I can share. If you really feel so inclined. I mean... I would send one to you guys, but it may not um, make it there the correct way. I can send you and assemble your own cupcake. That's what I can do. Send your cupcake, and then you guys have to frost it yourself. I like it. That works. Okay. My favorite, actually, of different cake recipes right now, there's this one uh, restaurant or bakery, I guess I should say, in Troy, New York that is creating ones that look like uh, rolls of toilet paper. That's awesome. I um, have been to Troy, New York. As have I. Many times. I was born in New York and have met people named Troy in my lifetime. <laughs> I dated a guy named Troy once. Good thing I'm not saluting him. He was a little bizarre. But we're not going to get into that. More bizarre than okay. us. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. I lived in Maine. When I lived in Maine, which is another weird part of my life, but that's fine. I wouldn't know a lot of people if I hadn't lived in Maine. I have a lot of good friends who worked on the Obama campaign when I was in Maine. Okay. Now. Time. To put these bad boys in cupcakes. I think. So I have these reusable cupcake lines. However, they're actually the worst things on the face of the planet. They're these little silicone things, and you can't get the cupcake out of them. So like you lose half your cupcake. Um, so I try not to use them as often, even though they're much better for the world. They just are also really bad because they don't give us any cupcakes. So instead, I'm going to use paper ones. I don't think things are going to work out well, but... We will need to do. It doesn't matter. 
It's the fact that I'm making them that counts, right? It does. <laughs> They're actually probably slightly watery still, but we'll see if they do what they're supposed to do. When they're done baking, you are, of course, going to have to send us pictures so that we can accurately judge. Yes, I will. I will definitely do that. Be warned, they may end up on, on our on our Facebook page. Which is fine. By may, it means, like, most certainly will. Like, actually will. Oh, yeah. 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 And if yeah. they do not turn out successful, you still have to send us photos. Then we'll know not everyone the best. He only wants the best. Well, I mean, you wanted to be sure. Right. This is research. Maybe I'll make a second batch and just, you know. Uh, that, you may have to make more cupcakes. I know. Imagine that. What a world. I'm only going to do one set of these right now, and then I'm going to make the buttercream. And then after, because I don't want to take up all of your time, because, you know. Okay, so now I'm putting these into whoop, the oven. All right, how long do I keep them in there? Uh, 20 minutes. Okay, so while that's doing that, I'm going to move the extra batter away. And I'm going to make buttercream because that is much easier to make. But I can do that without a recipe. I, um,. When I was unemployed last summer, spring-ish, whenever, um, decided to start decorating cakes and playing around with buttercream a lot, which, you know, to everyone else's benefit, because my family got to be the taste tester. And I found the other day when I was making these um, the rosemary chocolate ones, they wanted to put um, weird things in their buttercream. They want it to be more like a, um, almost like a royal icing instead of a buttercream. Which was, so I made my own buttercream and added blackberries. Okay. I'm only going to make half of the buttercream because I have the blackberry buttercream from leftover from the other cupcakes in the freezer that I've got thawing that I'm going to use as well. Just because it's only good for the month. And it's about two weeks old now at this point. All right. Where are, the order, where are the ingredients for the buttercream? So buttercream is powdered sugar. Um, and butter mostly, <laughs> and then How much milk. There are like certain amounts of each that we have to be doing. So for a full thing of buttercream, there should be six cups of powdered sugar, um, two sticks of salt and butter. Because one stick is half a cup, so it's like a cup of butter. Um. So, and if your butter is not softened, like it's supposed to be for buttercream, you can um, put it under a pot of water, almost like you would do a, um, like, 
evening. You just put the uh, cup on top of there. Mm-hmm. And um, it's able to... Can you, like, sit on it like you would, like, a chicken? I mean, you could. I'm not sure how usable your butter would be, because it would be flattened and all over your chair. But you honestly could. It's, it's a new flavor profile. Ooh, like I'm doing, I'm putting it into the microwave for 15 seconds. It could be uh, butter a la couch. That sounds gross. You know, it'll taste different based on the material your couch is made of. I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, if you've had pizza recently, it might taste like pizza. There we go. It's it's like seasoning a pot. I get it. Mm-hmm. It is. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, and you can find recipes online for buttercream. Um, I think that's what I did and just kind of like added things. Um as I went along for like flavoring them. Um, and by flavoring, I mean like, I've done almond butter before. They use a little bit of almond. I've also done a key lime buttercream because why wouldn't I? Um, and I have to say the key lime went really good. If you can find any of the flavorings, strangely enough at Michael's, they've got a, um, baking section for like cake decorating and stuff like that and I got a key lime one there and it was but you all find it at the grocery store but the key for buttercream is you have to sift your powdered sugar so you have to use a sifter which if I can find mine so when you're sifting it what it does is it just kind of makes it a finer powdered sugar, um, which is what you need for your icing to be. You gotta cream the butter first, um, make sure it's unsalted, and then you use some vanilla extract. So I would say, if you're doing two cups of confectioner sugar, and a half a cup of butter, I would do um, about one and a half teaspoons of vanilla extract or whatever it is you want to use. Uh, okay. um, I was watching a cooking show the other day and they used fresh mangoes for their um, buttercream. So it was like a fresh mango buttercream, which I thought kind of sounded pretty good. So when you put your I always use a separate bowl when I'm doing my powdered sugar and sifting it, just because it's easier to pour it in that way. You don't have to worry about it getting all over the place and you can pour it in a little bit of a time. So I use a smaller bowl to put the sifted powdered sugar in. Think of it like going to like the boardwalk and having a funnel cake or like I think in upstate New York they call it um, fried dough some places call it fried dough but it's kind of with the consistency the stuff that they pour on top is kind of what they're looking for when it comes to cream. a rich creamy buttercream 
And if anybody else has really good recipes for buttercreams, feel free to share them with me at any point in life. I'm always looking for the buttercream game. So I'm pouring the powdered sugar as I go, once I've sifted it, into the big standing mixer. I feel like there's probably an easier way to like sift things than this, but and for this purpose, I already have strawberry raspberry compote that I'm gonna put a little bit of in. Ooh. Yeah, and then I'm gonna put the rest of it in the cupcakes. So what do you just like just took some strawberries, raspberries, and pureed them? Yeah, you puree them together, and then I put some um, stevia in it, just to make it slightly healthier, but it's not. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then you just like simmer it on the stove. After you've pureed it, you let it simmer. Simmer. And it... Um, Madonna. Yeah, it makes it a little, little liquid. But it's perfect to add for like if you're making like French toast, it's really good on French toast. But okay. I feel my teeth rotting just like thinking about this. The what? I feel my teeth rotting already. Just right, thinking right. about it. Yeah, it ends up being uh yeah, very sugary. But like I said, I instead of doing like regular sugar in it, I did a um regardless, I just feel oh, the teeth oh. rotting, you know. It's just like okay. how, like, if you eat a lot of bacon, you feel your arteries clogging. Just, so, just science. I'm sorry. Anybody at home can't see this, but this buttercream, I can't. For everyone listening at home, okay, she just switched uh, the camera, so we're now watching the hand mixer. For a second, I was actually looked at uh, her cabinets, which they're cabinets. Cabinets. Very well organized, better than mine. And she has a huge knife collection. Slicey, slicey, slicey. You mess with me. Like you said, Seamus, you know better than to mess with me. I have knives now. All right. However, you should have seen uh, Charles Myers earlier. He was showing off his knife skills. Oh. So. Two of you want to do a knife fight? You know, we're here for it. Who can shop things the fastest? Sure. I always wanted to like do like knife art with like you know, like at restaurants they make a little flowers out of carrots and crap. Well, according to my governor, as of about a few hours ago, face masks are now a form of art. Also, <coughs> face masks are what? Face masks are a form of art. Okay, so when your buttercream looks like this ready to go for those uh looking at uh at home it's basically very doughy um think whipped cream okay mm, that's good but Probably yeah it has like a little bits of like pinkish and like little bits of berry you can definitely see in there so once it gets into that sort of whipped cream but with berry in it you're good Alright, I'm putting it back over here. Because I think I need to add a little bit more berry. Because it mostly tastes like sugar right now. 
my kitchen is wrecked after this. Normally, I like clean as I go, and it usually takes me a really long time to clean things. Not judging. Yeah. First world problem. <laughs> so now I'm like, where are all of my things? Yeah. Okay. So it now because I've added, I guess, about three tablespoons of um, the berries. It has a little bit more of a raspberry look to it. So it's more more defined pink. You can do it to your taste too. So if you like it a little bit sugary, that's fine. I wanted it to have more of the raspberry flavor. But yeah. All right, I'm going to go check on the cupcakes because I think they've been in there for a while. Yeah, there's four minutes left on the cupcakes. I'm going to peek on them nice. and see. Okay, not horrible. Not horrible. Those of you, you can't see in my oven, but they're, they're coming up nicely. Good. So fingers crossed these actually turn out okay. We expect a full report when, this is, when you're all done. I mean, I think they're going to taste okay. I just don't know. Um, I think I might just make a cake with the rest of the batter. Because <laughs> I have a lot of batter. That's what happens when you don't pay attention. Make sure you're paying attention when you're cooking so you don't, like, accidentally double things. Ergo, do not do podcasting while you're cooking. Don't tell or, the rest of While you're ready to go before you do the podcast. Which is what initially I wanted to do, but then lost track of time. Um, but I am going to finish the rest of this powdered sugar into. And add a little bit more since I'm going to, I think I'm going to frost the cake with it. Nice. This is like a buttercream frosting for the cake. So I think it'll be a good cake. You've given us not only what should be a decent cupcake recipe, but you literally get like residual cake from it. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Right. You could also make it a cake. That is and of course, we're probably going to put this up on Facebook with the photos and everything, and people are going to be asking for the recipe, so be ready to put okay. it all up there. Absolutely. Unfortunately, people are lazy. They're not going to want to listen to the podcast. Pshaw. Right? Like, beautiful voices. we've been on for like an hour. <laughs> yeah. People aren't going to want to like schedule this. But um, yeah, so this is actually looking really, really good. This buttercream, I think, is going to be the winner. And I'm going to put some of the rest of this. I'll um, make a couple of photos when I ice them. Okay. That'll be great. So that you can see what I put inside of them and the icing itself. The glorious. I'll let Scott taste it and see right. what he thinks. Mm -hmm. He can he can be the uh, official taste tester. Again, we expect but, a full report. In the meantime, oops. I think we've learned a fun, fun ass new dessert. Now yes. I really want to go to the store, even though I know I shouldn't, and buy a bunch of berries and just puree them. 
and then get some butter and sugar and all that good shit. In someone's garden, they won't know. You could be a squirrel. Right. There you go. Okay. My tail isn't bushy enough. Well, not yet. You can work on this. I'm sure you can make a costume somehow. <laughs> a squirrel costume. Yes. Go. A quarantine squirrel costume. Of darkness. It's really whatever your strategy is. I feel like that's actually, good better yet, I train a squirrel to, and have it do it to my, my bedding. Seamus Campbell, Squirrel King, coming soon to Netflix. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> New idea. Yeah. That's okay. going to be a future episode. Oh, there's the time. Yes. Of course, we we're all every episode we're always somehow able to bring in the Tiger King reference. It's not healthy. I've not watched it. I don't plan on watching it. I just have no you're, desire. You're doing so well, and then you had to tell us that. <laughs> See, so it, I feel like it's not. Oh. Y'all, these are perfect. They're coming out clean. Yes. So you put in a toothpick when you, I almost like drop this thing on top of me. But you put a toothpick in the top when you're finished with your brownies or your uh, brownies, mm-hmm. cupcakes, to make sure that they are cooked all the way. Isn't that the way you just sell with mine came out clear, cake goods? So we're good. <laughs> Cakes and brownies. I mean, I, I, yeah. But some people don't do that. I actually have a um, cake stick that you're supposed to put down into stuff to make sure that it's done. But I did not bring it into the kitchen. Cupcake. Oh, brilliant. I think we've got a moment of triumph here. Yeah, now I just have to let them cool. The buttercream is done. And... Don't frost your cupcake until it's cool. But for aesthetics, ta-da, I finished cupcake. All right. We'll pretend that it's cooled. That has been cupcake Leah. That almost was a tragedy. Well, thank you for sharing that with us, Leah. All right. That looks fantastic. We'll send all the photos and I'll eat the buttercream. Do it. Do that too. You've earned that. <laughs> All right, guys. Be safe out there. You Thanks too. So much. We're now joined by our good friend Lauren Tussie, the newly elected president of the Kentucky Young Dems. And I could be wrong, but I think this is the first podcast to announce your uh, big win. It is. Yes. Thank you for mm-hmm. having me. I'm really excited. So, what are you making for us today, Lauren? Uh, well, today I am making my uh, famous mac and Kim cheese. Um, so, yeah, it, you're in for a delight. I, I hope that you all can join me and make this at home. <laughs> I mean, I don't have Kim cheese at the moment. No, kimchi at the moment. I just said Kim cheese. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I don't have kimchi at the moment. I'm pretty sure I do have some just, you know, Kraft mac and cheese in my cupboard. Well, you're halfway there. Um, okay, so essentially, this is, this is it's, it's apropos that um, I'm doing this on the Kooky Quarantine podcast, because um, this is the quarantine version of my normal 
uh, mac and kim cheese. So usually I do use Kraft. Um, all, literally every Kraft product was sold out at Kroger when I went to Kroger. So we've got Kroger brand. Um, plug, always shop at Kroger or your other union supermarket. Um, so I haven't had this kind. I'm sure it's delicious. Um, and also, you know, typically you need milk. Um, I don't have milk, so we're going to wing it. I didn't want to risk social distancing um, and risk going to the grocery store for milk for this. So um, here we are. <laughs> Without milk, what are you going to use instead? Uh, a little bit of extra butter and like a zhuzh of water. That's probably it. About yeah. how many teaspoons is a zhuzh? Uh, it's like not teaspoons. A zhuzh is definitely a tablespoon. Um, a zhuzh is like like two and a half tablespoons. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, and so for the listeners at home, I'm just going to throw this out there. I'm actually eating Triscuits uh, during this whole thing because who doesn't like Triscuits? Right. Because we've been talking about food all day and I know you've been hungry throughout it. Mm-hmm. Damn straight. <laughs> so it says to boil for seven to eight minutes. We'll go for the seven. Um, make it al dente, right? So you said this isn't your usual uh, version of mac and kimchi. How long have you been like? How long have you been doing this? Really, not long at all. Like this is a quarantine creation, um, and actually, it's kind of funny um, how this recipe came to my personal knowledge. Um, and I guess we'll just get real deep. I had um, what some might call a quarantine fling um and it was this was pre-quarantine yes i know i see the 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 raised eyebrows this was pre-quarantine before we were like shut down um but i had met this guy on bumble and we had been talking for a few weeks and our first like he lives two hours away and our first in-person date was april or not april fool's shit um was uh leap year so february 29th so i drove to uh, Columbus, Ohio, and like met him in real life, and it was awesome, great date, whatever. Um, so we were doing the long distance thing for a while, and we had been talking for quite a bit before that point. Um, and he taught me how to make this. So subsequently, he also ghosted me like three weeks ago. So, you know, but mac and kim cheese is absolutely delicious, and I feel like I've co-opted it for my own. Um, because you want uh, to name him so so we can sh uh, have the entire podcast community sh uh, shame him? Uh, no, I feel like it was a him thing and not a me thing, you know? Like, like, kind of one of those, oh, bless his heart things, you know? So no, no need to shame him. I feel bad for him. <laughs> um, okay, so five more minutes on the, uh, the pasta situation. Now, Lauren, I was kind of excited that you had a mac and cheese thing that you shared with us because we are of a generation that has learned to appreciate macaroni and cheese on a pretty deep level. Of course. It's, and, aside from the fact that it's cheap and easy to make, it's also become ridiculously trendy, possibly because in part it's cheap and easy to make, um, and variations of it with different sorts of, you know, toppings and things mixed in are really, really fun and really prevalent now. Do you have other, like, go-to mac and cheeses that you've done? I mean, sometimes I'll, like, I, this This is going to sound really hipstery, probably. Sometimes I'll, like, dump a spoonful of pesto in it, you know, if I want a little variety or, like, 
chop up a chicken breast. Um, you know, whatever. It was really funny. I like I had before what's his face had like mentioned macaroni and like kimchi and cheese, whatever to me, I had like never really even considered it, but I posted about it on Facebook. And one of my girlfriends, um, from high school actually was at a wedding that had a mac and cheese bar and they had kimchi as one of the toppings. So I guess this is a thing. Like this is a, like an actual thing. What is the, like, what is the mix of flavors there? Like, uh, I don't, I mean, I don't know. You have to really like kim kimchi, right? So like when I open it and I smell it, it's like, Oh, it's one of those things that it's just like so savory, but a little bit pickly, but like, like bright, but also pungent. And like, I mean, you have to really like kimchi and then like mac and cheese is just like neutral, you know, it's just like a, like macaroni and cheese is just such a neutral flavor palette, especially craft, right? It's just like the base for cool things. Yeah. So, um, also fun fact too, I don't salt my pasta water. Um, and I don't either actually. Yeah. Well, the reason why I don't salt it is because, um, once it's cooled, it's like a really good natural fertilizer for houseplants. Um, so, you know, let it cool, sift the, the starch off the top, and then you can use it to water your plants. Hmm. Definitely going to use that uh, moving forward. Mm-hmm. And you can do that with like hard boiled eggs too. Um, what, you know, the water that you boil the shells in, um, you can do that with rice, the water that you rinse your rice with. Um, but yeah, just essentially any non salted boiled water, like even, um, water that you've boiled veggies in is good for fertilizing plants. I had not thought of that. Yeah. My only plant that I have is a tiny little aloe that I keep in my office. So its needs are not significant, but... No, for low maintenance. <laughs> I've got... Me, my plant is a cactus. Yeah, I've got, a, I've got a couple little cacti floating around. I've got over 50 houseplants. Um, I'm a houseplant aficionado. Now, if the quarantine goes on too much longer, are any of those houseplants ones that you can, like, pluck something off of for food <laughs> um i am pretty sure that all of the house plants that i have are like ornamental um and are not edible now that i think about it that's one thing are I mean, any of them like bound or really want like world domination that's a good question um my 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 monstera adesonine um is definitely one it's it's right here. And does it, it has a taste for blood? It, it does. You can see it's got these like kind of crazy holes in the leaves. This plant is pure. How evil, many people have you fed to it? Uh, well, let's just say that's where, that's where the uh, Mac and Kim cheese Columbus guy went. Oh, okay. Good <laughs> these are life lessons. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So we've got about a minute left on the uh, on the noodles. I think I'm gonna have to try one and make sure that they're done enough. What, what sorts of kitchen endeavors have you been getting up to during the quarantine, listeners? We just got a great view of the boiling water action. So what did Charles talk about? I imagine that his segment was like really, really interesting. Chakshuka. Do what? Chakshuka. It's a. Uh, like North, North African dish. Sauce. 
but that sounds super fancy. It looked fancy. Although, you well, know, this is Charles. Everything he does is fancy. Oh, God, that's so true. He's, like, so classy and interesting. I was honestly amazed that he was not wearing a three-piece suit while he was cooking. That was going to be the next question. <laughs> um, I'm putting some butter in now. This is two tablespoons. I'll do two more. Uh, what is in, uh, what is Governor Bashir's favorite uh, favorite mac and cheese? I'm assuming you know. Um, if I had to guess, I would say that it would be like a, a, a brisket barbecue mac and cheese with a bourbon glaze. So, how are you guys like um, you know spending quarantine these days? Uh, we started a podcast. That was weird. <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh, I'm still working from home, so I still- As am I. Uh, I'm right now, while we're doing all this, I'm trying to restore a computer from backup, so. Oh, fun. Wait, fun. Okay, so this is coming together pretty wonderfully, um, as you can see. It is your typical run-of-the-mill um, neon orange mac and cheese. Um, I have not added any water. I might not add any water because it looks fine. Yeah, no, a little bit of water. It's a little chalky. Mm. I mean, you know, I don't have milk. It's quarantine. Yeah. I'm going to get fancy. Social distancing. No, it's, I mean, that's legit. And I think that's kind of important for a lot of people right now. Not everyone can get to the store that frequently or that easily. So a little bit of creativity is necessary. Well, and I could have, but like, honestly, go for one thing so I can like be on a podcast with friends. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, so um, this is pretty much it. Like, I'm going to put some in a bowl. I'm going to cover it with a shit ton of freshly cracked pepper and then top it with some kimchi. And that's like, that's the gist of it. I don't know if any of this is even gonna be fucking usable. So, sorry guys. <laughs> you go for a lot on there or you just sort of sprinkle it atop? Like how do you, how's the best for you, for you to do that? I mean like, that's probably a quarter of a cup of kimchi. Okay. So that's pretty much it. I mean, like, just a little mac and kim cheese. Just mm. How's it taste? Fucking delicious. Super, super good. Um, I want to definitely invite you guys to our convention whenever we have it rescheduled. We just, we did, so we did elections on April 4th. Um, but we are going to have like an in-person convention where our caucuses can meet and we do some, um, you know, some changes to our bylaws, etc. cetera. Um, uh, but it's going to be totally different than it was before. Um, what kind of changes to the bylaws are we talking? Are we talking about, uh, creating a dictatorship for, no, no, I'm adding, I've added in a few, um, a few positions to kind of help facilitate um, engagement and retention of membership. So we've got, um, we've always had like our- I don't know, um, dictate, dictator uh, Lauren Tussie does sound uh, kind of nice. 
That's not if you're following the news, uh, there may be a job opening for that opening up uh, in North Korea right now. I saw that, yeah. <laughs> Chances of them uh, allowing his sister to step into that role are probably not, not um, very grand, I would say. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, so about this convention, um, we are going to do like essentially a down-home, down-home bluegrass music, um, like pig roast and like cornhole and horseshoes for our convention. But um, all of my YDA fam is definitely invited to attend. Uh, I already said I was going to go to the last one. So of course then, you know, the like apocalypse hit. Yeah, right? (laughs) Yeah, that threw off a lot of our plans. Sure did. I'm kind of like, I don't know. I'm, I'm saying this from a place of privilege. The first few weeks were really, really hard for me, um, but I'm really enjoying the opportunity to, uh, I mean, even though I'm working, I'm still technically working, like to have a little bit of leeway and a little bit of extra free time to focus on, um, you know, the power change um, with, within the organization. There's a lot of stuff that needs done. Um, and so it's been cool to spend the last, like, essentially three weeks just like, you know, enveloped in that and like getting everything set we've got a budget for the first time in years um with an aggressive fundraising plan um you know we're really focusing on programming and recruitment um i've got all of those teams set up and it's kind of cool to see like i feel like i've got all of the right people in the right places they all know exactly what they need to do to be successful um and we're making sure that they have the tools too so that's super cool <coughs> sound like you're having a nice pro- as productive quarantine as one can be then definitely putting us all to shame I mean she'd stop short of starting a podcast so it's not all there <laughs> <laughs> one of my um, I won't say who because she told me to keep it on the DL but um, one of our one of our members is starting a, a quarantine podcast I didn't start oh it. so we, we have competition you might <laughs> Or, Ben, hear me out. Okay. We use this as a way to join forces, do a Voltron. Maybe it's like a special episode, sure. Otherwise, it's we can do a crossover. We can do a crossover. You know, we can get she gets our subscribers, we get hers. Hmm. How many subscribers do you guys have? That's a good question. I think like maybe a couple dozen. Cool. You guys, this is so good. I like. I just can't recommend it enough. It's so freaking good. Really, like, to enjoy it. It's so good. If you guys oh. like kimchi, like you'll like this. There's no way you could. And Corinne Frankfurt was telling me that she uh, makes a uh, grilled cheese with mozzarella and kimchi. That sounds phenomenal. I didn't realize so many people I knew were utilizing kimchi in their in their cooking. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm just like, what the hell have I been denying myself? It's so good. Although I'm a little like confused as to why it it says vegan. Oh, well, people will put the label on pretty much anything, even if it's redundant. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm glad to know that no, you know, dairy or pork or something went into the cabbage, but. 
Right. Well, it's like uh, adding like artisanal or something, which if you've never seen the Back in Black segment from The Daily Show, I think it was 2011, 2012, of Louis Black just completely destroying the whole artisanal thing. Oh, you're missing out. Mm-hmm. So you're like, Seamus, you're like, you're in New York. Yes, I am. An absolute, like, shit show in New York right now. Yeah. Like, what, I mean, I I can't, you know? So, like, I'm actually, uh, I have my family summer house on Long Island. Mm. So, yes, white privilege, blah, 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 here we go. Uh, But, so, our, my father is 87 years old, so, of course, he's in the highest risk pool, so we decided that it would just be better if we got out of the city, which considering that it's likely that one in five New Yorkers have had uh, have the antibodies, so they probably had the coronavirus in them. It's probably the smart move. Uh, you know, I may have it, have had it at some point because I have had like some respiratory issues at various points. So I saw it was like maybe the allerg- allergies or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, things are good. You know, I'm working from home, so uh really everything's okay but as for other people you know i got i got great in comparison to a lot of others yeah i definitely feel lucky too i mean like i'm struggling like you know living alone um i've got my dog and i still have my job um which is super fortunate and our governor's a badass so that's super cool y'all have a good governor too um so yeah, I don't know. Like, we are sort of a triumvirate here of the states with the real governors, like between Kansas, New York, and Kentucky. Yeah, uh-huh. we could also throw California in there. Like, yeah, yeah, they're not on the call, so. I mean, surprisingly, and I say this, you know, Ohio's my neighbor. Like, literally, I could kick a soccer ball and hit Ohio. Um, I'm that close to the river. So, like, DeWine... I'm pleasantly surprised with how DeWine's been handling this as well. There I mean, actually is a website that is creating bobbleheads for all of the governors that are doing like the right thing. Oh, really? Uh, so it's Cuomo, DeWine, uh, Newsom, there's like two others. I think Bashir may be on the list. Better. Hold on. I can find find it. He's not owned by God. It is available for pre-sale at bobbleheadhall.com. So it's Bobblehead Hall of Fame, actually. It is, see, Governor Cuomo, Governor Newsom, uh, DeWine, (coughs) and Tony Evers. Oh, that's a crock of shit now. Come on. You call me when they get the Laura Kelly bobblehead, and I'm going to buy one. Uh, Until then, y'all have your fun. Yeah, well, screw your bobblehead governor thing. (laughs) We've been robbed. No mac and kimchi for them. Mm -mm. No, no. So, okay, so, Ben, is it looking like the next uh, YDA function is going to be in Kansas, after all? 
Yeah, that as far as I know, because I've had a few conversations uh, with Josh, the, the plan is still whenever we can finally reschedule, we'll still be doing it in Kansas City. Um, I, I haven't really wanted to dig into logistics too much just because there are so many X factors right now. Um, and if not, then I'm just going to, you know, tell whoever does go to that conference if it ends up being somewhere else to, you know, light it all on fire. But I don't <laughs> think that'll be a problem. <laughs> Valid. Yeah. Well, you know, it'll no longer be on my birthday weekend, which was a bummer. Uh, but when we do all finally reconvene, it should still be in my home state. Absolutely. And there will still be lots of barbecue and everyone will have a good time. There we go. There we go. And we are now thinking of trying to have a YDA cook-off. We so talked about this morning, yes. You know, I feel like these things start and then they never come to fruition because I was challenged to a YDA like bartending match before the last convention and nothing happened. Like, nothing. that being talked about. Who are you supposed to take on in that? Jovan Richards. Yes, okay, yes. All right, Gauntlet Throne. Somebody else too, not just Jovan. There was somebody else, a woman as well. Was it Hannah? No. No, I can't remember. I can't remember. I couldn't hang with like a big city bartender. I know I couldn't. Believe in yourself. No. Or <laughs> in Kentucky, you're like literally where moonshine exists. Yeah, but the, the biggest. <laughs> bartended for was a crowd of like 100 people and i haven't been bartending professionally in about a year so i know i couldn't hang i've only done like special events i couldn't hang what is more special of an event than yda mm -mm. i want to enjoy myself at yda <laughs> well listeners i tried Well, with that, Lauren, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me, guys. Enjoy the Mac. We're all jealous. It looks great. <laughs> and of course, stay safe. We're now joined by Jacinta Webster. How you doing? I'm all right. How are y'all? Getting by. So, Jacinta, we are doing our fun cooking in the quarantine, whatever we decide to call it special. Whatever it is, it's going to alliterate. There have been a few variations on this. You, uh, I think from the moment we decided we were going to start this podcast and we were just asking friends to sign up, you had some fun idea of doing something cooking related. Yeah, well, um, so cooking under these circumstances is really natural to me. Like, I grew up in the middle of nowhere. We only went to the store once a month anyway. Um, so... Uh, I don't know. I just have seen some people, like, some of y'all grew up less than 45 minutes from your nearest grocery store, and it really shows. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, I just thought it'd be fun to talk about some recipes and stuff that people have been doing um, in their quarantine. And since then, there's been a lot of articles coming out, so I don't know what all I can say, but I thought that I would talk about sourdough. Um, because ever since I started posting about my sourdough back in like January, there's been a lot of other folks. Um, I don't know. I feel like sourdough is kind of having a moment right now. It's weird. Um, uh, but there's been a lot of people that have been interested in it and have been starting their own. So I've definitely seen a lot of that. Uh, 
one of our earlier guests actually he wasn't making bread but he showed off the starter that he has uh and on our podcast's facebook page we've actually been soliciting uh names from our listeners for it because we've decided we're going to name his starter <laughs> i think Breddy mcbread fra- uh, face is probably the favorite so far yeah that's pretty good that's pretty good this is our life yeah well but my you- starter doesn't actually have a name um i never named it but i have it for our listeners we are getting a great close-up of Jacinta the sourdough starter but yeah i never named mine which is weird it's kind of like a pet um it's a pretty low maintenance pet i mean you wanted to talk about this for a while tell us just about You can talk about your sourdough, about just the experience of being a baker. You know, albeit, I mean, you and I are in the same profession, so it's not like you do that. It's not on your business card. No. Uh, Full disclosure, everyone, we are both lawyers. You can get all your boos and hisses out of the way when you're listening, and we can't hear you. And we're uh, also listeners, you are right now listening to the immediate past and current chair of the Judicial Council of YEA. The best people in all of the organization. <laughs> and I have also given Jacintha uh, instructions that if I do not make through this uh, five-part episode, Jacintha is supposed to bring up uh, Ben on charges. Thank the you. fact that he may be kicked out at the meeting that he helped plan. <sighs> I always knew it would be this way. <laughs> and, always, and it would be for murder. Well, I will, I will await your um, official referral on that matter. Um, no, see, there will be no referral because I will not no longer exist. Okay, so we will, yes. We'll be dead. Posthumously. You know, be all at Ben's expense. <laughs> I'm being framed, people. You see what's happening. Anyway, bread. Yeah, Um. so um. I started, my sourdough started back in, I guess, January. Um. And I don't know, I kind of just... I think I saw like a random YouTube video about it and I thought, well, that sounds really weird. Um, and so I just went for it. Um, it's been really fun. There's a really strange sense of accomplishment to having a loaf of bread that's completely from scratch, right? Like I didn't even open up a packet of yeast for this bread. I like, I grew my yeasts from like the air. Um, so it's fun, but, um, it's been surprisingly low maintenance. I think that that's what a lot of people think of when they think of a sourdough starter is like, it's going to be, you have to feed it every day and there's all this stuff you have to do. Um, I remember my grandmother, like in the nineties was really big into that friendship bread. I don't know if y'all remember that or if that was just a Southern thing. Um, I'm not familiar with it, but it, it was super weird. Um, no, just no, you know, offense of people are into friendship bread, but basically like you have to, take pieces of it and then pass it on and then you feed it and you make more, I don't know, whatever. But it seemed like a nightmare. And um, I was afraid that this is what it would be. And it's not, I, um, if you keep it in the fridge, right? Like if you're a busy young professional person, like I am, you keep it in the fridge once you get it started. Um, and you really only have to mess with it like once a week at like once every two weeks. Um, and so I guess I'll talk about how you make one. Um, essentially you just take equal parts, um, water, ideally like filtered or like sat out overnight. Cause you don't want, especially if you live in the city, you know, they put like stuff in there that conspiracy theorists are always talking about. Um, and whether or not fluoride is from the UN or not, it's not really good for your sourdough. So, um, you basically just, um, take some filtered water and flour, ideally unbleached, 
um, in equal parts. I did four ounces and four ounces, mixed it together in a jar and kind of let it sit out overnight. And then every day you add equal parts flour and water. Um, you can discard part of it once it gets too big. Um, and basically it's like a controlled spoiling of something. So it's a little bit gross. It gets gross. Yeah. So it, it smells weird when you start it. Um, probably the worst part about the starter is actually the process of making it. The first like week, week and a half, um, that it takes to actually get it going is the most labor intensive because you have to feed it kind of every day. But once you get it going, it's really difficult to, um, to kill. I've like forgotten about it before and left it out overnight and not fed it. It was fine. It's pretty resilient, but yeah, um, it's really nice because you, if you want to bake something, you want to make something, you don't have to buy yeast. Um, I don't know how many times I have gone to the store and gotten packets of yeast to make something and then they've been like, they've not worked, um, which is frustrating. So this pretty much works every time. And um, as long as you're using it about once every two weeks, um, it's not a big deal. You don't have to make bread really. Um, we do make a lot of bread mostly because we've been in quarantine and you know, it's something to do. Before we were in quarantine, we did a lot of like pancakes, waffles, and like you can do like chicken and dumplings. I don't do chicken and dumplings because I'm vegetarian. We do veggies and dumplings, but you know, you do you. There's just a lot of different kinds of things you can do with it that's not necessarily just baking loaves of bread, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, and actually like something that's sort of interesting is I was listening to an episode of Stuff They Don't Want You to Know on Wednesday. They're talking, the episode was called The Secret World of Chefs. So they are interviewing uh, Richard Blaze and Hugh uh, Atkinson. One of the things that was brought up about the whole sourdough phenomenon is basically it's just taking the yeast that's already in the air. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, and I mean, I think it's, you know, right now we're really trying to use what we have. And there was a time when people did not have, they could not run up to Aldi and get their little yeast packet, you know. Um, so, yeah, that you can just capture wild yeast from like the air in your house and that's enough to make bread. And I think it's great because, you know, you know what's in your stuff, right? Like the stuff that's in my bread is flour, water, a little bit of salt, and like the yeast that came from like, you know, that I grew. Um, so, I mean, if you're someone who's concerned about the stuff that you're eating, um, it's just another way to make more things on your own. And, you know, it's not, it's not that difficult. Um, it takes us about a day and a half to make a loaf of bread just because of the wait time, but 95% of that time is literally just waiting. Like it's just setting on the counter and you go about your life. Um, and then of course, when you do things like the pancakes or the biscuits or whatever, those um, you actually add in another leavening agent. So you would sprinkle in like a teaspoon of baking powder or baking soda. And that kind of, it's really cool. It's like a science experiment. It kind of like activates the sourdough starter um, in your dough and it um, makes it work quicker. And so uh, you can do things like the pancakes and the waffles and biscuits and dumplings without having to, you know, sit there and let your bread raise for like a whole day or whatever. So yeah, it's pretty cool. I don't know. It's I'm not really a sciencey person, obviously, so I went to law school um, because I don't do maths and things. 
but I was able to do it. So I feel like if I can do it, pretty much anybody can. How often are you baking at this point? We, right now in quarantine, we probably make a loaf of bread a week at least, maybe every four or five days. We probably should not be eating that much bread. Um, but, and I have a family of three. We do have a toddler and she loves her carbs. On average, like before quarantine, I think we made one maybe every week, every two weeks. Um, and then we will make something else. Like we do the pancakes or waffles at least once a week. And then we'll do like dumplings and things. So we probably use it at least once a week, I would say. Um, but it's not always like a traditional loaf of bread. It could be like pretzels. It could be, you know, something like that. You mentioned the pancakes before the quarantine and this whole sourdough craze started, you know, ensuing from it to join the ranks of Joe Exotic and Animal Crossing. I had never really heard of sourdough pancakes and I still haven't tried making them. My assumption is that they're amazing. Am I correct? Yeah, they're so good. They're so good. They don't taste like super sour um, the way, I, I mean, it depends. Everyone's starter tastes a little bit different. They don't taste super sour, but they taste just like a more rich flavor, I think, than you would get out of just like a biscuit mix, biscuit mix you know? Um, it definitely tastes more, um, yeah, the, the flavor is more complex, but we love them. But they're, yeah, they're amazing. And they're super fluffy. They're way fluffier than your regular pancakes. I definitely have been like, I, I've always been like a bit of a sourdough fan. Uh, usually I'll pick that up from the store or something. But it's all it's one of those things where everyone sort of just made part of the bandwagon. So now I'm starting to think that maybe I should start doing that too, along with uh, all the other cooking I've been doing, which since I've been in quarantine with my family, I've done probably about 90% of dinners. Yes, you absolutely join, join, join the movement. Um, At this point, I'm going to say cult. Yeah, just join the starter cult. Um, it's it's great. And the benevolent leader that we're all following is yeast. Yes. Um, yes. Our. I mean, it's a very tasty cult. You know, you can't. I'm also right now watching Waco on Netflix. So got a whole cult thing going on. I mean, I guess it's the perfect time to watch all of the weird documentaries. I actually have not watched Tiger King yet, which is crazy. But I live. I grew up like. 40 miles north of Tiger King. Somehow, some way, I think pretty much every episode of this show has at some point devolved into a discussion of Tiger King. Um, and I feel like you told me at one point that you were sort of familiar with the, that place and everything. It still blows my mind that, hey, it was actually a reality for people before Netflix and all this took off. It blows my mind that it's like not, like, I'm genuinely surprised that other states don't have like random weird like exotic animal park because this isn't even the only place that it's just like people that have tigers in oklahoma i'm sure they do they just haven't gotten documentaries yet but you just and, know when all this is done like hulu and amazon are going to be running out to do their own because yeah. we already have like just florida man in general uh, but i i know that there was a uh, case there's a story i read about a two years ago of one man in the uh, upper Hudson Valley of New York being arrested for having a above ground pool full of barracudas. Wow. Like why? Because uh, he, he could. was a big fan of the song Barracuda by heart and was going to teach them how to play it. Of course. Yeah. No, actually uh, he's trying to create his own version of Legends of the Hidden Temple mm -hmm. and he had to create the blue barracudas for his team. Probably just a lot of dye in that water then. Okay, I got it. That doesn't seem, like, animal friendly. Probably not. We used to pass by the Joe Exotics Animal Park all the time. 
they had Groupons all the time, y'all. And I never bought them because everyone knew, like, he was a little bit sketch, right? I was always really conflicted because on the one hand, I didn't, knew he probably wasn't a good person. But on the other hand, like, I really wanted to pay $30 to play with a baby tiger. I don't know. Anyway, I never did it. And now I really wish I had because I could have been on the documentary. You could have been a star, Jacinta. Yeah, I, I missed my opportunity. That was my chance to be a reality show star. And now Tell us this. You, like, you were telling us about how, hey you're growing your own uh, starter and it'll pull in just from the bacteria in the air. What do you think a starter cultivated at a park like that would taste like? Oh, I don't know. Well, I mean, it's kind of humid down there in Winniewood. So it would probably be more sour, honestly. Um, the hotter it is and like the more humid environment you are, like the more pungent your sourdough is, I would imagine that it would be a bit more sour in Winniewood, Oklahoma. Do you think like the rotting tiger corpses would actually end up like influencing the amount of yeast in and the flavor of the yeast that's in the air? I don't know. I don't, I could not guess that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that tiger corpses like give off yeast i guess i don't I think it's a sentence that anyone has ever said before so congratulations this is something that we actually have do have to ask our f fans on twitter and facebook do tiger <laughs> corpses give off yeast yeah. um i'm not i don't know the science behind that um you know, I'm honestly not going to speculate on it. I think it's for the best. Anyway, uh, we, have opened, we have opened this door, my friends, <laughs> and we have to go all the way down the rabbit hole. I was going to try to turn that around into some segue into talking about more cool facts about sourdough, but I just don't I know. Think if you I should for the best. What is the strangest thing you've at least thought to make with with? It could be your sourdough starter or just anything else while this has been going on. Oh, just in general, I don't know. So I really want, this is not sourdough related, but I really want to crust something with hot Cheetos and deep fry it. Mm. I really want to do that. Mm. I've seen it done and I really wanted to do it when I used to eat meat, I wanted to do it with chicken, but I can't do that anymore. So maybe like a mushroom or something. I could, I could. Zucchini. That would be good probably. Yeah. It's moments like this, I wish I had a deep fryer. Well, I don't have a deep fryer. I just fry everything in a cast iron skillet. That's where I make my fry bread, is in a cast iron skillet. Yeah. I find it just gets too messy for me. It also is probably safer. Now, has the fry bread been happening a lot while you've been stuck inside, or have you just been focusing on the sourdough? You know, I actually, I think we've only made it maybe once, um, which is weird. I think because we have been focused on the sourdough, um, and we make fry bread a lot when we have, like, people over, because we'll eat it all, like, really fast. Um, so we mostly, that's when we have folks over, is when we make fry bread, and obviously we've not, because we're responsible. But, no, we haven't done, with, that makes me want it, though. I'm going to make some cabbage this week, some stewed cabbage, and some greens and things, so I might make some fry bread. Do people know what fry bread is? Is that like a general knowledge? I feel like I know what it is. I mean, I I know what it is in concept. So, but maybe just for the listeners, you should just try to go through it. Sure. So, fry bread is controversially traditional Native American recipe. Basically, um, when our peoples were removed um, into areas like reservations and um, Indian Territory, which is Oklahoma now, the U.S. government gave like commodities and like drop-offs of food products because obviously Native Americans were moved into the areas that were like least hospitable to farm agriculture. And what people were given was like big bags of like plain flour, condensed milk, things like that. So people figured out how to make a bread out of just basically 
flour. Everybody has it different, right? So this is very controversial how to make fry bread, but basically flour, like water or some type of like dairy milk, something like that. And then some leavening agent, so baking soda, baking powder, and then um, you fry it in hot oil and it's delicious. Um, if you've ever had an Indian taco, that's the base of it. And depending on where you are out in the Southwest, they make it more like crunchy and crispy. I don't like that. No offense to them. Um, Southeastern tribes make it really kind of thick and fluffy. Um, but yeah, so it's a, it's a native food that was developed out of necessity and it turned out to be delicious. Not very healthy, but that's all right. The best things usually aren't. Right. No. I mean, that's, that's science. Yeah. And actually there is science to prove it. There was an episode of Degrassi wherein they were testing about if you actually did better with healthier foods or yummy foods. And it was proven that the less healthy foods just taste like happy. Did you just say Degrassi for science? Yes. There are some, there are some real firsts going on. Season one. I it was an episode where it was, it was uh, Spinner and Manny were both being used by Emma as the guinea pigs in her science experiment. I have never seen Degrassi, so. What if we told you there was an entire episode dedicated to some drama surrounding a club building sourdough? Oh. There wasn't. Uh, at least I assume there wasn't. I haven't watched it. I've seen it. I there don't know. Episode, but I, w I would totally be behind that episode. Rossi producers, I'm assuming you're still making that damn show. It's been going since the 80s. Get on this. We're pitching you a softball. Sourdough club. And it's on Netflix now, so it's not like you really have to front any money. I'm so confused. Well, this is what happens when you decide to do a five-part episode, my friend. Brilliance. That is what happens. Brilliance slash we all fall slowly into madness. Oh, that happened to most of us quite a while ago. Why do you think, like, half the country has become so enraptured by sourdough? Don't get me wrong. It's a fine bread. It is becoming a cultural force. Yeah, it is. Um, I don't know. I think, I think there's a lot of people that are kind of trying to go back to more like whole foods and kind of like slower foods. Um, there's a, I think that for so long, um, I mean, I was a 90s kid, right? So I pretty much was, we ate a lot of like peanut helper. And I think that there's a lot of people that are wanting to go back to really eating just things that are like produced in a more traditional way. I don't know. I think for me, like, I don't have a lot of recipes that were like passed down by my mom, right? Because I've got passed down like how to make tuna helper. So I would really like to be able to figure out how to make these things so that my daughter, for those of y'all who don't know, I have a one and a half year old. She's like the cutest kid and the sassiest kid that's ever lived. Um, that is the scientific fact. Even if she and doesn't like me. A lot of people don't, so. Ouch. I'm she only stating facts yeah. here. She doesn't, she does, she really doesn't like Ben. But I would like to have recipes, you know, that I can pass down to her. And I like to know, you know, what's in my food. I don't know. I think it's just there's a lot of movement towards, like, more traditional forms of cooking. And I actually have a cookbook recommendation. This is not have anything to do with sourdough, but if y'all care. Um, yeah. I have, like, rediscovered Vivian Howard. She has like a couple shows on PBS and right now she has a show called Somewhere South and she's a chef from Eastern North Carolina and I'm just like I'm obsessed with her like I'm kind of internet stalking her my husband's real worried about me and it's kind of a thing but she has a really good cookbook called Deep Run Roots it really breaks down ingredients from the American South talks a lot about traditional ways of cooking things and then also kind of how to put like a more fun modern twist on them. But I think that a lot of people are trying to get back to that 
way of cooking where we focus on ingredients and we really take the time to make things the right way and not just get everything out of a packet or a box. So I think that's where a lot of the sourdough is coming from. And it's really fun. It's just, I actually know, would definitely agree with that assessment because uh, for me, I'm usually one of the main people at my household who does the cooking. And so I'm usually getting home right around six or so. And first thing I have to do is basically start dinner. It's usually just try to get things whipped up as fast as possible. And so I will always go to the stuff that's more microwaved or I wouldn't say necessarily processed, but just more quick and easy as opposed to things where I can actually take my time and actually put in a lot of effort and energy to it. The slower stuff to cook. So I'm now getting dinner started around five and able to like really slow cook things. So I think it definitely is that now since we are all living at home, working from home, our work days are going longer, but also we can do more multitasking where... If it's just slow cooking something, we can set it in the oven, just keep going from there. I think so. Well, and it's just so, and I mean, there's nothing wrong with having a microwave something at the end of the day. Um, we all have to do that. But I think there's something really satisfying about, you know, knowing that you really made, like, built this meal from component. It's just, I don't know, there's just something very satisfying about it. And I think that's why I really like sourdough. There's something really satisfying about it. But anything that you cook that you make from scratch, it just feels really good. It feels more accomplished at the end of the day. Gonna be, you're going to be playing around with a lot more recipes for however much more time you're forced to stay inside? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we're going to kick some greens this week, I think. I don't know. We've just been going with whatever's on sale at Aldi. But we've been, I've been really getting back into my cookbooks because um, I love cookbooks, but then I never um, make anything from them because I just make the same, like, five things that I know how to make really fast. But I've been, like, rereading all my cookbooks and so definitely excited to to make some more stuff. I think I'm definitely going to try pretzels. I made sourdough pretzels once this quarantine at the very beginning, and they tasted great, but they, I put a picture of them up on my Instagram, but I mean, they did not look, I overproved them, so I let them get too big. They rose too much, and so they did not look like pretzels. They just kind of like blobs but they tasted like pretzels so i'm gonna try to make them again and make them actually look pretzely i'm looking at the picture now i just pulled up your instagram and yeah like what this makes me think of are like uh if you've ever had like pretzel bread uh bowls that you can eat soup out of mm -hmm. it's like if you wanted to do that this is what you would do yeah which is a fine thing if you've never had a pretzel bread bowl yes delicious and i love like pretzel buns i don't know if you've ever had those like but have like a sandwich on a pretzel bun yeah. but those yeah they pretty much turned out like pretzel buns which was not they were not intended to be pretzel buns but they tasted good so that's what's important but i want to make those again and not overprove them and have them look pretzely now is there like a difference when you're making pretzels out of sourdough than a different kind of bread um i honestly i think it's the um rise time probably but I didn't really, I haven't made pretzels out of regular, like just with yeast in a long time. So I don't know. It was really fun. It's definitely a more involved recipe because with pretzels, you have to uh, kind of put them in like a boiling water um, with baking soda. So they set on the outside. That's how you get that skin on them. That makes it like the pretzel taste. But yeah, I don't think there's much difference other than like the time that you have to spend with the rise because um, anything that's like a quick yeast or an instant yeast is going to kind of foam up and start rising immediately. 
but your sourdough, you have to wait a little bit. Um, and the problem with the pretzels is the recipe said to put them in a proving box and I don't have that. If you just turn on your oven really low and then turn it off and let it cool down a little bit and then put it in there, you can basically make a proving box, but I, mine was a little bit too hot. So that's why they rose too fast. I'm getting great ideas in my head about actually trying to do this, but I've never actually made pretzels in any before so what's so hard i'll send you my recipe i'm happy to send anybody any recipes that i have for sourdough whatever um but yeah do it you should everybody make a sourdough because the hardest part is getting it started and if you're just sitting at home why not start a sourdough starter and then by the time you go back to work all you have to do is pull it out of your fridge like once a week it's the perfect time join the cult we have all the carbs if and i join this cult is there a t-shirt oh yes there are plenty of them if you just google sardo t-shirt i mean i bought animal crossing for the quarantine so i may as well just keep joining things it's weird but it's really fun that's really all i need weird but fun is i think how most people define me so it's i will warn you it's gross like the, the first couple days you're like i've made a horrible mistake this is i uh, something but as long as it doesn't smell like like rotted fruit or like rotted cheese or weird colors you're fine just persevere it will it, it smells like yeasty like it, if you like a really strong beer like an ipa or something you know it's kind of how it will smell it's fun everyone join the sourdough cult it will envelop you our listeners, Jacintha's daughter, Emmeline, has just joined us. Looking as cute as ever. She'd be made to wave, but she doesn't want to because I'm on the screen and she hates me. It's that guy you don't like. Wow, the look on her face right now. It is a look of utter, like, Mom, why are you doing this to me? I hate you. I'm sorry. No, and child services, don't worry. You don't have to get involved. This is just more of... Why do, not, why do you not like it? Oh, it's okay. Listeners, she is she is now turning away and hugging her mom because she is truly frightened by the sight of Ben. It's, it's yeah, it's that. It's not just that she's a toddler, but, you know. Well, Ben, you've scared the children, so I think this is where we have to end this part of this, the episode. That's usually where it ends, and it's just inevitable that I'll do that. Cynthia, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. It's been it's been fun. It has. I'm gonna put a recipe from everyone who's been on uh, up on our Facebook when we post the episodes at the end of the weekend. So if yeah, if you can chew me, just really any of the things that you talked about, I'll include that. I can do that for sure. And then if anyone wants anything else that like any other sourdough guidance that I don't send to you, then just let me know. I am happy to, I'm, I love to talk about sourdough, so it's fine. Anytime. Thanks. Stay safe. You too. Well, Ben, we got through all four of our segments. Yeah. We were supposed to have a fifth, but that person bailed, you know, whatever. I did get a list of recommendations that she passed along um, for pairings for everything. So if anyone, we can post it up on the Facebook when and Twitter, once we get it all up. And we're just going to probably just do this as one episode extravaganza. You know, we can get all the hate. I'll get all the hate mail and I'll forward it on to you. Like, break it up into two. Like, two segments on each. It'll be easy. Because also this is me doing it out of spite now. Oh, come on. People will listen if we break them up into two episodes. I'll split it into multiple ones after a few days. So, okay, listeners, if you really hate the fact that it's going to be like an almost three-hour episode, just leave the comments on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, I'll just go back to being the uh, the pretty one of this audio-only format. Ooh, well played, sir. Well, we would do want to say a big thank you to Charles Myers, Leah Kirk, Lauren Tussie, and Jacinta Webster for all 
their hard work and fun as we get through this kooky quarantine known as life. Profound. And for either keeping us from being hungry by sharing all their fun recipes or by making us hungry by making us listen to them. Well, Ben, it's been great potting with you. You as well. Thanks for indulging me. I try. Our theme music is produced by Alexander Nakamrata. I've been Seamus Campbell. I've been Ben Cohen. Stay safe, y'all. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.